Rabbit. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Film Ironic Podcast. This is TJ Killam Faulkner speaking to you with my good friend, my compatriot here, my co-host. Awesome. Say hello to the people. Hello. So, we got a real interesting uh, topic to cover here, this one. Um, Do you don't say? When, uh, well, I mean, they're all... Let, let's be fair they're all very interesting everything yeah, we talk we about is interesting gems. the 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 every syllable out of our mouths is just it has you hanging on for more it's so compelling so interesting but anyway this one's a particularly interesting one depending on when you're listening to this of course um but as we're recording it it's very interesting because we're going to be talking about cm punk's first year in aew and that first is doing a lot of work in that because as we're as we're recording this, uh, CM Punk's first year is pretty much over, and we're not sure yeah. there's going to be a year two. Yeah, it might be the last. So year one might be the only year. Yes. So yeah, first first is is maybe we're hoping. It, okay, awesome, and I. We are CM Punk fans. Like, let's just put that out in the open. Yeah. Um, we would CM very much Punk since day one. Yeah, we would okay. very much so, like, yeah, yeah, for there to be a year two. But I would love for there to be. Well, if we're being honest, it's probably going to be more like year three because he's got like a pretty serious injury. Yes, again, that's true. So he's 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 gone for at least eight months. Yes, uh, and there's no reason for him to rush back. No, uh, but. I like so let's let's just we should probably touch on our on our CM Punk fandom. Yes. So I I wager you have been a CM Punk fan a little actually like longer than I have, uh, because um, you've always been a little bit more keyed into like the indie wrestling stuff than I have. Yes. Yeah. I I would say that I was aware of CM Punk from his days in Ring of Honor. Um, I think I first became like an actual fan of his, but like was really like, I followed him more, more closely when he got to ECW, like WWE's version of ECW. Yeah. Um, that was when I first really was like, okay, like I've heard of this guy. I've seen some of his matches. I'm aware of who he is. Now that he's on my television every week, I'm gonna like I'm in I'm in I'm invested. I want to be a fan of this guy. So um, I had no idea who CM Punk was. Uh, I was watching so in two thousand what was it two thousand five two thousand six whenever WWE CW popped up, I watched it because I was a loyal WWE fan. I was uh, I was I think it was two thousand six. Now that I've said it out loud. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I was, I was in it. I was down. I was, you know, WWE put something out. I was like, okay, I'm going to watch it. Even yeah. when they dropped on like one of the first episodes, it was like hardcore Holly versus a zombie or something. <laughs> yeah. Like oh yeah. Uh, yeah. I was it was like, not okay. all, yeah, not all great, but yeah, this is, this is weird, but you know what? 
And but the first time they showed me CM Punk from the first backstage vignette, I was, you know, it was like, I'm all in, dude. Yeah. I like, I don't know much about this guy, but he's doing this weird. He's like, he's an MMA guy. It looks like he's doing this weird thing where he moves his fists around as whatever it was like it caught my attention and i dug it and i was all in from day one i i wanted that even when they gave him just the worst t-shirt which for some reason they put like it was a t-shirt that had like cascading like playing deck cards on it oh yeah it was really weird and it didn't fit his character at all but i wanted it yeah yeah i i have to say probably the like yes that first backstage promo was was probably the moment that i was like yes okay i definitely am gonna be a fan of this guy because like i said i i had seen matches and i was like aware of of some of his work in ring of honor um but that first introduction to his character was like yes this is a guy that i want to be like i want to follow his career and and I, i he's going places and the biggest thing that that solidified that his entrance music was Kill Switch Engage, which is a band that I absolutely it's love. Yeah, yep. Um, that was his first uh, entrance music. Even in though it's supposed to be Randall Keith Orton's. Entrance. That's right. Let but, us not forget. Yeah, there's even what there's a video of him coming out to it once, and it's really weird. It's bizarre. Yeah, it's it a very does not fit him at mm-mm, all. No, um, especially if if you're thinking about Randy Orton, like in the latter part of his career, where the dude would take 25 minutes to walk to the ring, like a very high energy, like metal, <laughs> like yeah, no, it was. Well, no. and this is, and this was also, this was, this was Randall Keith Orton, fresh from like the burn in my light. Yes. Uh, hey, no, yeah, that. Yes. It, the it one was, that he hates that everybody else loves. Yeah. Oh, I, I could, I still know all the words to this. I haven't heard it and I don't know how long I could sing it right now. I'm not yeah. gonna nah, but I'm, just know that I could. Yes. Uh, and I might at some point in the next hour or so when we're talking about CM Punk, just out okay. of nowhere. Just be just be prepared for that, everyone. Just if if you can't if your mind can't handle the possibility of that happening, I couldn't even stop myself. I want to sing it right (laughs) now. It's infectious. How he hated that song, I don't know. No, I don't. Uh, I don't either. But voices is the perfect one. It is. Yeah, that's the right one. But Um, but yes, go. So yeah, so you heard Kill Switch Engage. Yes, Kill Switch Engage. I I'm I'm reminded of um when uh when everybody when he came back to uh to aew and everybody was like is he gonna have cult of personality is he gonna you know there was a lot of like speculation what would his his entrance music be because a lot of people who came from wwe had like kind of iconic you know entrance music and everything and and the question was would he get um would he get cult of personality as his his entrance music and i'm just reminded of the uh you know the wolverine meme where he's like lying in his bed and he's has the picture frame and like it it's it's the two shot of like 
the picture of him like looking at this picture frame and like kind of nostalgic and whatever and then it the the other it it cuts to the other angle and it's whatever's in the picture frame i want one of those memes like i i should just make it for myself because this is this is like me to a t is that wolverine meme and then in the picture frame is the kill switch engage this fire uh you know the the uh, cover the, uh, or the single As daylight dies for that was the yes. album that that's all that was well, the so, one that yeah, i the, yeah the issue with that i believe that wwe actually owns that song probably and then they just let kill switch engage put that song on the, i could be wrong but i'm pretty sure that that song came out in the realm of when wwe was just hiring bands to come sing songs for them mm-hmm. uh it's like what is it to this like uh there's the the band shaman's harvest they yeah. did a song called last night for wwe and the only time wwe has ever used this song was in the video package for bray wyatt and the undertaker leading into their match at wrestlemania oh, yeah. like mm-hmm. 33 i think it was yeah and the song is amazing yep and it you'll never hear it again <laughs> so good and we're never gonna hear it again yep yeah the only way you can hear it is if you go on a youtube and you watch which i do i have it like favorited and so i mm-hmm. watch it every time and then like that was such i'm not even gonna talk about because that's good we're gonna go off on a rant about bray wyatt yeah and then i'm gonna start talking about how they won't let drew mcintyre have broken dreams anymore hey and it's a whole thing even though they did for like a half a second they did they, did, they, they teased they did. us with it they teased us with it they're like oh we know you all like this song and we're going to play this over this video package and then nope that's not his entrance music it's it's his regular entrance music but but you heard it you heard the i always think it's funny did you know that chris jericho hated that really yeah chris jericho hated broken dreams and hmm. I, i'm like are aren't you supposed to be a rock star can you not see the majesty that's on display here christopher well it just it just goes to show Chris Jericho has been wrong in his career once. Yeah. And only one, one <laughs> only the one time. <laughs> don't, uh, we, don't, don't, let, let's not make a habit of that because he'll want the Jeraputer 9000 back. He even will. though we yes. haven't used it or even no. referenced it in a long time. We have not. That's a deep TJ and awesome cut right there. That's right. Yeah. 9, for the for the like two of you who appreciated that, hit us up. Let us know. Let let us, uh, you know, leave a comment, send us a tweet, something to let us know that you appreciate our our continued reference of the of the Jeraputer. Yeah, um, got a history man, the Jeraputer. Yeah. Um. So but, so let's focus on CM Punk. CM Punk. CM Punk. Yes. So what we're so, talking about our fandom real quick. So and yeah. I think so. It's it, so I was down 2006. He was on the main roster. ECW. Um, yep. in wwe uh he very quickly you know gains success and he gains audience support even though he never really gets office management support mm-hmm. i think it's a good i think that's a good way to describe his career wwe because he they let him be the ecw champion but then he didn't even really like do anything he lost the w- ecw championship to chavo guerrero mm-hmm. and nothing against chavo guerrero but he's right. chavo guerrero yeah he was not 
he was a fixture in WWE for a long time in WCW before that, but he mm-hmm. was never like a main man. Yeah. It, he wasn't a top tier. He just wasn't. He wasn't Eddie. Um, he was good at what he did. He had a, if, if or to use a basketball term, he was a role player. That's what yeah. he did. Mm-hmm. He fit in where you needed him to fit in. If you needed him to have a banger of a match, he could do it. Uh, but he was the guy that you put in there to make the other guy look good. Yeah. And for some yep. reason, they had CM Punk put him over on his way out of ECW. Mm-hmm. And it was just a really, we- and I think, and if we're looking at, this could be another episode one day, but I think nails in the coffin, particularly for ECW, is when Chavo Guerrero won the ECW championship. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then subsequently, I'd like to point out, he won the ECW title and then participated in the Royal Rumble. Right. What? Yes. Yeah. That, that what is, sense does that make? That's one of the biggest things. I think when you talk about WWE's version of ECW, it was never... It was. It never felt like the ECW Championship was on the same level as the World Championships that they had, you know, on their other brands. ECW was always was less than. on the level of the IC title. Oh yeah, times, it was like when yeah. Chavo won it. It was definitely below it. Yeah, and nothing. Nothing says this title doesn't mean as much as the World Titles that we have <laughs> than having well, then giving it to Chavo and having him enter the Royal Rumble so that he can win the opportunity to go after a real world title. It's like uh, that that, you know, it just doesn't seem if you if you are a champion in WWE, the only reason you would enter like the only reason champions have ever entered the Royal Rumble is either they needed to defend their own title because it was on the line in the Rumble or uh, if you're Brock Lesnar and you just want to have every championship, <laughs> yeah. like there's no reason as a legitimate world champion, you would ever need to, to enter the rumble otherwise. So for him to, to be in the rumble, to try and win one of those more legitimate titles. Yeah. It was really a, a sign of how little they put into that. Yes, um, but, yeah. but punk was great in, in ECW. He was, and he, he had, really he established cool himself. He yeah. did. That's where fans first got to see him. You know, he got to compete, uh, you know, alongside Rob Van Dam. He was in an, an elimination chamber at yeah. the better off forgotten December to dismember. Yeah. Uh, he, he got pushed like super hard by Paul Heyman and exactly the way he needed to be pushed. And, but that ECW title, you know, it showed that he could get to the top of the mountain on a show, even if it was, I'm not even going to say C show. It was the D show. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. At Sunday night heat, even though it didn't exist was a, Mm-hmm. of ec uh, wwecw yeah um but so he goes on he moves to the main roster from there uh cm punk goes on to win a couple of world titles uh win the intercontinental title he won some tag team titles uh, yep. but even though he's getting all the success even though he's winning world titles he's never really featured as the draw as the guy right right yeah Uh, not main eventing very much not really you know not really 
portrayed or, or depicted as the, the main, yeah, yeah, the main focus of the show, even when he's a world champion, yeah. even when he should be. And I'd say that that second world title run, that second world title run that he had was probably mm-hmm. like with, it was with Jeff Hardy. Right. To this day, like I think I've, I've mentioned it on the show before, like that, like that's the thing that like, like I remember my oldest son now, he's 18, but this is back in like 2009, mm-hmm. uh, my, like CM Punk put a chair around Jeff Hardy's head and then threw Jeff Hardy into the into the steel ring post and like my kid lost his mind. He couldn't even handle it. Yeah. And uh, just the smarm and then cm punk came out dressed as jeff hardy yes are you kidding one me? of the best fake outs ever no like, one could handle it yeah everyone was like we thought you quit and then they're like yeah he did quit because it's me and everyone yeah like yep. the only time i've heard booze louder than that was when elias uh uh bad talk to the supersonics in oh Seattle. yes oh my oh. word Ooh, seattle was- Seattle was like, "How dare you!" You can you you are safer in Seattle saying something bad about Starbucks than you are in any way disparaging the Supersonics. <laughs> yeah, you you do not. Elias learned that firsthand, but that like he got he got nuclear. CM Punk was able to get nuclear levels of heat, and I think for me, in a lot of ways too, because I'm a huge Hardy Boys fan, that was yep. a big moment for me where. Like I liked CM Punk, but that it's that feud where I really started to appreciate the things that he did. Like him coming out dressed as Jeff Hardy, I'm like, oh my word! Yeah, that mm-hmm. is without doubt. Yeah, like one of the best heel moves I've ever seen. That's, fa- and yeah. I know it had been done before. People have been dressing up as each other, but that was just such a timely thing. And Jeff yes. Hardy had like legitimately quit, and it was just such a mean spirited thing to, yes. to do, but hilarious and yes. so good. And that's when he started to become one of my favorites. Yep. Um, and from there, you know, he went on to have I ever told you about the moment he uh the I think he actually became my favorite. Mm, I I'm sure you have. I just tell the tell a, the people. So I'll tell them it was at a house show. Yeah, it was. At a, so it was at a house show where Finley, like Fit Finley, mm-hmm. he was a he was the agent in charge. He actually got fired because yeah. at this house show, he let the Miz interrupt the singing of the national anthem. Mm-hmm. And all people you were don't mad. do that. Mm-mm. People could not handle it. But no. I remember when that happened, I thought it was a great heel move. Yes. I'm like, that's fantastic. <laughs> yep. I was all in. Yep. I was like, yes. I'm the only person in the in the arena that's like, good for you. You did it. I never yep. saw that coming. <laughs> and but uh CM Punk full heel mode. He yep. comes out and he cuts uh like I love wrestling, but like the thing I love most about wrestling is promos. They can be yep. so good. Mm-hmm. Uh and CM Punk came out, he was uh one of the only ones other than the Miz. I think there might have been another promo, but CM Punk came out and he gave a promo and it was in Champaign, Illinois. Yep. And he said, you know what? I'm tired of being in this town. And you know, this town doesn't deserve its name, Champagne. You're not Champagne. You know what the name of this town should be? P Water. <laughs> yep. This is now P Water, <laughs> Illinois. Yeah. And then for the rest of his promo, he referenced P Water. 
<laughs> like five or six yep. times. It was the du- I was like, did you just call it pee water? How old are you? Yep. Eight. But yep. it was so hilarious. I remember it mm-hmm. over a decade later. Yep. So in that moment, CM Punk like went to my top five. Mm-hmm. And to this day, he is in. He's still in my top five. He's fantastic. he's in he's in your uh your fave five if I can channel Booker T okay. from back in the day. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's my fave five. Him and D Bry. <laughs> yes, exactly. I remember yep. the first time Booker T said D Bry. I was like, what the fuck is he talking about? <laughs> Uh, yep. I didn't even see. Now we're now we're PG thirteen officially. That's our one mm, F bomb. That's right. Don't, don't screw it up, TJ. Okay, uh, I'll try. I just mm, I have so many opinions and things that are gonna. I'm gonna lose my temper on. We're honest. We know if the episode is gonna be rated R, it's not gonna be your fault. <laughs> yeah, probably not. <laughs> we're aware, but yep. CM Punk went on. After those world championships, he had the pipe bomb promo. He had a match with John Cena at Money in the Bank, which simultaneously elevated Money in the Bank to one of the top tier pay-per-views yep. or pre- premium live events, of, as they're now called. Yeah, as they and, insist that you call them. Yes, but it, it, it solidified CM Punk as a top tier star uh, and... Probably at that time, like the biggest name in the industry. Like, yes. Even yeah. Oh, yeah. Like John Cena considered CM Punk for probably at least a year was bigger than John Cena in the WWE. Yes. Yeah. Mainstream wise, people had definitely like more people were familiar with John Cena just because yeah. of kind of his legacy within the business. But yeah, definitely there was a period there where CM Punk was starting to penetrate mainstream consciousness like where people were aware of him even outside of just like the hardcore wrestling fan base um you know he he became a little more known um among less uh plugged in wrestling fans and so uh yeah and and you know like you said with the the pipe bomb with his uh winning the title at money in the bank and, and threatening to leave the company. And then, you know, his entire character from there on that, that whole where he would just go on rants about everything. Yeah. Everything that was wrong with WWE and just speaking up and channeling that sort of fan disillusionment. That was the, probably the, the height of his, his character and his mainstream appeal like his career i think yeah from that from that moment on in like 2011 2012 yeah that is peak cm punk that is when he was at his best in the ring it's when he was at his best on the mic um and those are like the glory years for cm punk and sadly they didn't last very long uh because by 2014 uh, he would have walked away, um, right. largely due to creative differences, uh, but also I think management differences. Uh, it's been pretty yeah. well talked about. We don't need to spend a lot of time on it, but just a brief synopsis. Uh, CM Punk felt that he should win the Royal Rumble, if I recall correctly, in terms of creative, and mm-hmm. he was getting eliminated by Kane. So right. that I believe Batista could win. Um, and 
CM Punk felt that he had pushed that he deserved that spot. And, you know, they, I think the plan was at the time they were going to give him a main event spot against Triple H. Right. But he didn't want to fight Triple H. He didn't right. want a WrestleMania main event. And now I, you can argue there's some selfishness in there, there, but there's something to be said for knowing your worth and saying, I deserve this thing and standing up for yourself. Yeah. And, and I, I think, too, ahead. agitating not just for himself but for someone other than the established you know yeah but nothing particularly against batista in particular but just drax the story is fantastic yeah just in that environment and in that moment and i think punk too at least from what i i remember reading um he he said basically you know if it's not going to be me it's got to be Daniel Bryan who at the time was in the middle of the, you know, the, the yes movement and all of that stuff. And, you know, so just, it it seemed like even though, yes, it was definitely, I want my spot. I want my main event. I want my time at the top. Um, It was also, you know, again, just him recognizing as he had throughout that voice of the voiceless period, um, recognizing that, the things that WWE was doing was, weren't connecting with the fans. They weren't what the fans wanted. They weren't listening to what the fans really were telling them. And so as much as he wanted to main event and arguably deserved it, considering how many times in the past he had been passed over for that exact spot, you know, the rock and Cena and, you know, all of this other stuff where he was just kind of given that, semi-main or like you know an important match on the card but not quite the main event and reportedly again when when he uh finally left it was the same thing it was we'll give you a a prominent place on the card but not the main event we want you to face triple h and triple h is you know as a a big established star but we're not going to give you the main event and you know punk was basically like well I've had too many matches exactly like this to where I'm going to be like, Oh, great. Good. I get to face triple H. Like what a, what a great honor. It was more at that point, yet another of the same kind of matches he'd been having important, but not quite there. Like one a one B kind of thing. Yeah. It was, it was symptomatic of the way I think that, the management of WWE always kind of saw CM Punk and always kind of treated him. It's they treated him as secondary and he's like, you're an important piece. And uh, the people might think you are the piece, but you're not. Mm -hmm. And they might not know you're not. And you might not know you're not, but I know you're not. And because I know you're not, I'm never going to let you have the spot that you deserve and that was really like i don't think that wwe ever even though they did capitalize on cm punk and for a solid three years i don't think they ever really quite understood who he was as a character and who he could be yeah i think he always felt a little hamstrung he always felt a little bit less than and it was 
I'm gonna get. I think you just Vince McMahon. Just mm-hmm. he wasn't Vince McMahon's idea of what a professional wrestler should be. Probably yeah. even Triple H. We've heard a lot about how Triple H and didn't like CM Punk. Same kind mm-hmm. of thing. It just wasn't yep. what he saw a WWE champion. What he thought one should be. Right. And that led. Uh, and then there's there were other issues with like CM Punk wanting time off needing time mm-hmm. off for injuries right. and not getting it and getting passed over for certain things such as, you know, uh, TV spots and films. Yep. Uh, supposedly CM Punk was supposed to like, uh, what is it? The Slim Jim wanted like CM Punk to be like yes. a, a spokesman or something mm-hmm. along those lines. Right. And they were like, no, 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 you want edge and you want this guy. And right. like there was an episode of uh, like Ink Masters or one of those like tattoo mm-hmm. shows and right. they wanted CM Punk and mm-hmm. WWE was like, no, you don't want that guy. You want yes. Randy Orton. Right. And it was, uh, I remember uh, I was watching an episode of, uh, I was watching an episode of The Walking Dead. And then there mm-hmm. was Talking Dead, like the yes. old talk show that comes. Mm-hmm. And then one day I'm watching it, and then CM Punk is there. I'm like, what? Yeah. What, what are you doing here? Yes. Why exactly. did you not tell me? Like, And if that had been any other wrestler, they'd have shouted that from the friggin' rooftops. Yeah. That CM Punk was going to be on a show talking about arguably, at the time, the most popular show on television. Yes. Yeah. Uh, if Randy Orton, Rey Mysterio, Kofi Kingston, you name the superstar, mm-hmm. they would have touted it as right. far and wide as they could. But yes. in, because it was CM Punk, they didn't. Right. He and was just I, there and it was like, it, it's a thing. Like, obviously, if you were a fan of The Walking Dead and wrestling, it was a big deal. But yes. if you were only a fan of, of wrestling, you didn't know it was happening and if you were just a fan of the walking dead he was just you know a guest on the, that show and the essentially. crossover point of a, a guy like cm punk being there was just completely lost yeah and i remember just being super and you know obviously this is you and i as 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 fans i think we can we can admit to like uh, through our education and our work, we have some expertise in terms of story structure and the way things should yeah. look that way. Uh, but like, we don't know, perhaps there was some business reason that we don't understand. Although just from the outside looking in, what business reason could there have been not to promote one of your right. uh, most prominent superstars doing something outside of the realm of it. it's yeah it's it feels like something that wwe would normally promote even yeah. if it wasn't you know obviously walking dead's not on one of the networks that you know yeah. that wwe's affiliated with or you know anything like that but still you know but that's it is all the more reason would... because then it's going to bring more eye but right that's that's far in the past but that's, yeah that's the brief history of cm punk through his WWE career and then leaving. And then yes. from that moment, CM Punk went on a seven year hiatus right. where he married AJ Lee, 
good yep. for him. He got fired the day he married AJ Lee. That's a fun, that's fun. I'm sure <laughs> yeah. he enjoyed that. Yep. Uh, he wrote some comic books for uh, Marvel Comics. Uh, mm-hmm. He might have done. I know that he was the author of Drax the Destroyer for a little while, his solo mm-hmm. comic, which yep. I always found kind of fun because Dave Bautista, the guy who won the Royal Rumble instead of him. <laughs> yes. Yep. That was nice and ironic. Yeah. Uh, and uh, he did some movies uh, that you probably didn't see because they you were smaller indie films. Yep. I heard he was in a really good horror movie. I've never gotten around to seeing it. Um, yeah. but I heard there was one horror movie he was in that was actually pretty good. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it, it felt like this period of his life was really just, you know, okay, what are all the things that I would have wanted to do in WWE that would have been cool if they had let me do it, but they never did. And so, so now I'm, gonna go do it. I'm just going to go do it, you know? And it was kind of like after he had been, penned in and sort of kept confined to you are a wwe superstar tm you know registered trademark um you only do things that are appropriate for a wwe superstar tm registered trademark um now it was like okay i'm phil brooks i'm cm punk sort of you know when when that name suits me but i'm just a guy doing what I want to do in the world. And so that just kind of left him open to a whole bunch of just different possibilities. And it really didn't matter, you know, that the movies he was in were, were smaller and not many people saw them. They were what he wanted to do. So, you know, he had been frugal enough when he was making the big bucks, you know, that he didn't need anything that he did. You know, it didn't need to make, billions and billions of dollars um but Although you know I just, sort of creative like fulfilling to point out that uh we should we'll mention it now but we should probably never mention his ufc run yeah while yeah. not a lot of things are abject failures yeah that was that's probably an abject failure well i what i will say for him is and i think he's he said it sort of himself too is that nobody else with his level of experience would have been competing for UFC. Um, The fact that he was a big enough star that Dana White said, we want to put you in like an actual UFC match with the amount of mixed martial arts experience he has. Um, Yeah. It was a failure in that, you know, he was not prepared for that, but the one sort of saving grace of it was, it did prove he was a big enough star in that world that they wanted him to be in, you know, big matches and have actual fights on under the UFC banner, as opposed to, you know, what you would normally get. If you, if you're that inexperienced, you're going to get, you're not going to be on televised matches. You're going to be, or, or in a much smaller you know mixed martial arts organization you're not well, you know, going to get that, that was Dana always White. the thing again this is this on the outside looking in i'll always wonder particularly for that first fight like they had to know that cm punk was going to be outclassed by that other guy like mm-hmm. they saw the training they saw you can see the quality right yeah and again n- nothing like cm punk did something that neither of us 
would ever even attempt at our wildest dreams, right? I don't yep. want to fight in the UFC. I don't want to get into an octagon uh, with an oiled up dude across from me, hoping to punch me in the face until I am no longer conscious. Right. That does not sound <laughs> yeah, no. pleasant mm-hmm. to me at all. No, nope. uh, he had some stuff. It took a lot of stones, took a lot of guts, took a lot of fortitude, but I just, I always wonder why, like if they're the draw of that match is CM Punk. So it didn't mm-hmm. matter who he was fighting. So right. why didn't they just reach down into the bowels of the MMA world and find mm-hmm. someone closer to his speed, someone right. who could, who he could actually have a fight with, even if it came across as a little bit more amateurish. Mm-hmm. Again, we weren't there to watch CM Punk get knocked out in like forty-seven seconds or whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. We were there to watch CM Punk. Tr- CM Punk try to have a fight. Yes, we, and we didn't get to see that. Mm-hmm. Uh, even yeah. in his, even in the second fight he had, which was more competitive, and he mm-hmm. actually ended up getting they overturned it. I believe he is counted as the winner for that fight. It it still wasn't really what anyone wanted to see. So I don't, that yeah. was that was another weird business decision that seemed to come across from a management. Mm-hmm. Uh, but all of that brings us. So those were his seven years, uh, a kind of lackluster MMA run and some forays into like more d- different entertainment from movies to comic books. But yeah. that all led to 2021 and AEW All Elite Wrestling. Yes. So and go ahead. Fun fact about his debut in All Elite Wrestling. I was in Chicago the night that he debuted for AEW. I was at a concert at the House of Blues, but I was in Chicago, so it counts. <laughs> True. I, you were there. I watched it there. on. I watched it on what? my DVR later that night. <laughs> you were pro- like, you probably like got a, like a sense, like there was like a feeling. You were like, what just happened? Yeah, I I, I really know. did. I I really was like, I know there's an AEW show in Chicago tonight. I know that like there's been tons of rumors that CM Punk is going to show up, and I just remember like it was partway through the concert, and I just I I. You know, I I checked my phone. I was like, I wonder. And I, I opened up the notifications on my phone, and it was like CM Punk debuts. You know, at the at at Rampage uh, in Chicago, and I was like, on the one hand, awesome, that's great. Like, I'm glad. On the other hand, I was like, man, I wish I was there instead of here. But not nothing against uh, nothing against the band that I was there to see between the very to me is fantastic. And I would not have left that concert uh, to go to, to AEW, but um, yeah, I did have a little moment there where I was like, Hmm, I'm in the right city, wrong place. But anyway, um, yes. So his debut on, on rampage, um, what had been heavily rumored, they sold out, um well i think that's an important thing to note too they sold out like were they i think they were in the united center they were yeah they were so they sold out the united center like that's where the bulls play yes that's not a small arena and based on a rumor and based based on a rumor nobody nobody who bought a ticket for that show that cm punk was going to show up right nobody who bought a ticket for that show 
knew that CM Punk was going to be there. It hadn't been confirmed. It hadn't been addressed in any way, shape, or form. But there was just such a strong sense like that this was you know that this was what was going to happen the the first um you know the first rampage uh you know in chicago at the united center like it just felt like such a an important moment um that they sold the place out and yeah uh it was absolutely everything that you would have wanted it to be i i think as as a cm punk fan if, if you ask me what are the biggest moments of his career, what were the best executed moments of his career, um, the pipe bomb, him uh, winning the title in Chicago and blowing Vince McMahon a kiss as he like disappears through the crowd, and then his return um, on on rampage in AEW, those would be like the the biggest some of the biggest moments that stand out to me as just absolutely executed perfectly exactly what they needed to be um and you know there was a lot of a lot of hype understandably that followed that was like you know that was such a you remember where you were when kind of moment um, yeah. that from there on, there was just the, the expectations and the, the excitement level was just through the roof. Like so, there, it was yeah. such a, a nuclear moment that, that f- when he first showed up, it was just like, it was everything. It was everything we wanted it to be. I think you were, you hit the button on the nose, right? Uh for fans of CM Punk, people who were yeah. diehard fans, to see him go the way that he left without really like a goodbye kind of thing, that was the mm-hmm. hardest thing about it. Is right. that CM Punk, he was just gone and it was unceremonious and it was never mentioned again. And just one day he was there and the next day he wasn't. And yep. WWE is like, we're not going to talk about it. CM Punk never existed. And mm-hmm. now, uh he's on he shows up on the first dance the first episode of rampage an untested show the rating for the show broke a million Mm -hmm. uh which rampage i don't believe has been able to hit since um and again so and again just on a whisper that cm punk might be there over Mm -hmm. a million people showed tuned in to a brand new show and they packed out the united center right on the back of a rumor that CM Punk was going to show up. That's if that doesn't speak to the love that fans have for that performer and the the prominence that he has in the industry. I don't, I don't know what does. Right. And I think said, I would, I would argue that while I loved him coming out and dancing, I think the promo that he cut, was just slightly too long and he sure. spent just a little bit too much time bashing WWE. Yeah, I mean, I feel like and that's just being hypercritical because I love yeah. every second. I still technically think it's on the DVR uh of the person that I use their DVR to watch AEW. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's I mean... still on there for me to go watch on occasion. Yeah, it's I mean it should be. Uh I I saved it for a long time and somehow it 
it got deleted off my DVR and I was very sad when I realized that that happened, but yeah, it was absolutely my dog deleted it. (laughs) Probably. Um, No, I, I, I think I agree with you that it was his return promo was a little sort of a little rambly. Um, I think if anybody ever deserved you know, I think of how many people jumped it wasn't, from WWE. It, this wasn't like 1997, the Ultimate Warrior rambly either, right? Yeah. When the Ultimate Warrior came out on WCW television and cut like a 20-minute promo talking about things that no one had any idea. He was talking about stars in the sky. <laughs> yeah. The fates bringing right. him and Hulk Hogan together, brother. Yeah. Like, no one, like, what are you even talking about? No one could about, follow bro? that, yeah. No one could follow it. CM Punk, I think, it was a it was an authentic moment where he was caught up in just the reaction he was caught up in the love yes. and the, like the pop that he got uh was one of the loudest that like i've ever heard oh yeah on a show like that yes um so yeah i think it was fa- i think you're right it was fair for him to get caught up and ramble yeah and and especially i guess one of the things i was thinking about with that return promo is how many times have we seen somebody jump from WWE to especially uh, TNA and cut like a, a real negative promo about how bad WWE is and blah, 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 blah. And like, okay, fine. Like we've seen that before, but if anybody had a reason to be negative about WWE, it, it was, was CM Punk. Like CM Punk was the, if, if you said, one person in in all of wrestling ever gets to cut a promo about their time in WWE and really talk about how bad it was and how it killed their love for professional wrestling and blah 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 if you could pick one person to cut that kind of promo and nobody else can do it ever i would have said save it for cm punk like he's the guy that you know his whole identity after leaving WWE, um, at least as far as like people saw him, was as this like anti WWE figure that you know finally broke free of the machine and got to do what he wanted to do and left on on his terms and and all of that. Um, and I I I actually think he was relatively like given a seven year absence he was relatively restrained in terms of how he talked about it. Like he talked about um, how leaving ring of honor was when he left professional wrestling. Um, and he went and did it. Like the implication was that he went and did sports entertainment for, you know, for his, his time yes. in WWE. And now this return to AEW was his return to professional wrestling. Um and you know that there's an implied sort of jab at WWE there with the whole like what they do isn't professional wrestling by implication, but by their own admission, they don't do professional wrestling or they didn't, you know, at the time. Well, so, yeah, um, and I think, and I think, so you're. So I think that's fair. I th- yeah, I think that's fair, and I think you're hitting on something that's important as well. That CM Punk was in the unique position to where he had to speak out. And right. so, like, around that same time, like, uh, what is it, Daniel Bryan debuted for AEW as Brian yep. Danielson once again. 
uh, which I'd like to point out, I found it hilarious. This is a couple weeks ago on Dynamite. Daniel Bryan called, or da- Brian Danielson called himself Daniel Bryan. Uh huh. Yep. <laughs> he messed yep. up his own name. Yes. Yeah. He with went everybody... by Daniel Bryan for so long. Yep. That he screwed it up himself. Yes. With everybody wanting to give uh, Jim Ross crap for, uh, for calling people by WWE names. And it's like the dude called them by that name for a decade, yes. you know, like why wouldn't, you know, it would, it's understandable that he's going to make a well, mistake yeah, no every now and again, Jim Ross anymore. But Brian Danielson exactly. did it to himself. Brian Danielson did it himself. So yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I think like, but, no, but, but back to CM Punk though, like, if Brian Danielson came out, yeah, he had no business talking bad about no. the WWE because he didn't have a bad WWE experience. No. But CM Punk did, and yeah. there was a story there that people wanted to hear. Now, mm-hmm. like I said, I think he went into it just a little bit too much. I think he should have dialed it back. I think it was good for him to speak on what happened, uh, but the folk more of the focus should have been. I'm here now. This mm-hmm. is what I'm here to do. Like right. not a lot, just a little. I yeah. mean, if we're 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 quibbling with the idea of perfection here, right? Yes. He got it 95% correct. Mm-hmm. That you if you wanted the diamond, you needed that extra 5%. Yeah. I didn't get the diamond. I'm still happy with the pile of gold I got. Yes. Uh, yeah. And and, so- and he very quickly pivoted from like it was really that one promo where he talked about WWE. And then from there, like very quickly pivoted into I'm an AEW guy now. Like, this is what my career is going to be here. Yes. Um, because he immediately thereafter went into, I want to wrestle the young stars of this company. Like I want to, I want to be involved in like, bringing those guys out like bringing the locker room up yeah just by being here and by by testing myself against those guys and you know that led into his first feud with darby allen um you know and so so somebody he identified and this is the start of cm punk year one right debuts at rampage and he challenges darby allen to a match at all out um, which was the upcoming pay-per-view, right? Mm-hmm. And so that was going to be his first pay-per-view match. Um, his first actual match uh, following that, I believe it was against Bobby Fish mm-hmm. on an episode of Rampage. Because for a while, CM Punk was only appearing on Rampage. Yes. Uh, which probably for the first month he was there, I think he only appeared on Rampage. And again, I think that was just because Rampage was a brand new show and they were trying to mm-hmm. bolster the ratings, yes. which did help. Yep. Uh, but uh, Punk showed that in his match with Bobby Fish that he could still put on a good match. He still had to go in the ring. Um, it wasn't a great match by any means, but it was a good serviceable TV match. Mm-hmm. Um and then you get to All Out, where he had the match with Darby Allen. He had some uh, awkward showdowns with Sting that never went anywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think the the match with Darby Allen was a great showing. Arguably, I think that probably should have just been his first match. 
Yeah. I mean, it, it definitely, like, if you're looking at his return, um, they definitely eased him into it a little bit, which I think makes sense. But yeah, I mean, you, you look at, um, you know, his pay-per-view de- debut um, against Darby Allen. Yeah, it was a, you know, it was a good match. It wasn't probably the best match that he's had um, in AEW, certainly. Um, but for his first real sustained in-ring match um, in seven years, yeah, like, it, it, you know, it's it's about as good as you're going to get um, for a return. And it, it really was kind of setting the stage for from bigger things to come um so that you know that was something that um especially with his first few appearances being just kind of talking you know like he would come to the ring i I remember one of the things i was worried about early on was that he was going to kind of wear out his welcome uh just by talking too much you know, just coming to the ring and being like, golly gee, I'm so glad to be here. It's just really great to be an AEW guy, you know, and like, okay, but <laughs> that's not the CM Punk that we remember. That's not the CM Punk that we really have that level of nostalgia and, and you know, yeah. reverence for. Well, you want, you, get you to wanted the, the hard-nosed rebel is what, yes. is what you wanted. You wanted, um, and I think you're right, like, CM Punk was a little too rah-rah, I think, mm-hmm. for a while. Like, I like him coming out. I like him smiling. The 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 stage dives into the crowd. Yes. It's fun. It's a different kind of character. Yes. And you know, he had to morph into something different. He couldn't just be a carbon copy yeah. of what he was before. There had but, to be a point where that kind of tapered off and and turned into something else. Because as great as it was to see, like for a fan. It's great to see a guy who wasn't enjoying his time in WWE like at all by the end um, actually enjoying himself and really loving Mm. being in AEW and loving being a wrestler again. But like I said, I I kind of I do remember that first like month or so where I was like, "Mm, man, like this is I'm glad you're happy, but yeah but get to it man come on like, like yeah give it like what's me. the next step what's the next thing well, and that's that why we're gonna I think do the whole the whole darby allen thing just it did fall kind of flat um i mean they made it clear that like darby allen like cm punk i think in one of the promos like if i was a kid watching darby allen is a guy that i would have would have spoken to me mm-hmm. so that's why he wanted to uh he saw yeah. darby allen kind of as like a yin to his yang i guess is a good way to put it mm-hmm. um and he just wanted to move forward but it just you were kind of missing that like silver tongue devil from before yeah. and it wasn't until like so in a in aw for year one uh cm punk essentially had five feuds number one was darby allen mm-hmm. and number two was eddie kingston Yes. And Eddie Kingston is where you started to see some of those, some of that old CM Punk comeback where mm-hmm. he's, 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 he's dropping pipe bombs. He's letting, you know, just 
truth in a very matter of fact fashion. And with Eddie Kingston, you did get to see some of that, like that CM Punk of old. Yes. Because as good as CM Punk is in the ring, CM Punk makes the money on the microphone. Yes. Yeah. And he's he's going to sell you like he's one of the best in terms of selling you ahead of time and then delivering when the, the match gets yes. there. Like it, he's not one who's all talk and then the match doesn't deliver. He's not one who is only great when the match finally comes around, but you kind of don't care about it in between. Like he's, he's a really good blend between being able to set your expectations, get you hyped up, get you excited to see him wrestle and then actually deliver the wrestling part of it too. Like he does both, which I think is, is one of those things that um, not, you know, not everybody in professional wrestling can do. And that kind of is what, at least to me, puts him on another level than, mm-hmm. than some wrestlers. Cause there are a lot of guys who can go in the ring. There are a lot of guys who can talk, but you can do both. There's yeah. That Venn, like the, the middle of that Venn diagram where those two intersect is fairly Rarified narrow. Air. Yeah. There's only, there's only cer- certain guys that are in there. Well, I think um, talking about AEW, like there's a reason they have Sammy Guevara use cue cards. Yes. <laughs> yeah, right. He's a perfect example of that. You don't really care about him until the match happens. You know he's going to do something crazy and, and exciting. exciting and that that's going to, you know, get you out of your seat and, and you're but never going to forget it. don't give the young man a microphone. Whatever yeah. you do. Nope. Doesn't need. get Sammy Guevara a Paul Heyman for the love of God. Right, right. That's that's exactly right. Yeah. But um, back to CM Punk and Eddie Kingston, right? So we're, yeah. we're finally, we get to see glimpses. And I think it. this is the few. So what CM Punk said about coming back and wanting to help younger talent and elevate them, while he mm-hmm. didn't necessarily do that with Darby Allen, he 100% did that with Eddie Kingston. I yes. did, like, before the feud with CM Punk, Eddie Kingston was just John Moxley's buddy mm-hmm. uh, who would show up occasionally. Uh, the best thing that he had done before that was wear a t-shirt that said redeem D's nuts. <laughs> yes. Yep. Which I wish I could have bought. Yeah. And uh, by the way, AW, if you're listening, if you make a redeem D's nuts, like hoodie, like I'll mm. buy it tomorrow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. uh, that was the best thing that he'd done. But he was, again, he was, I'd say that he was, uh, uh, much like we spoke about uh, Chavo before, mm-hmm. Eddie Kingston was a role player. He just, yep. when you, you needed somebody to come do a thing and put somebody over, Eddie Kingston can do it. Yes. Um, but with CM Punk, uh, you, got so, you, you saw that Eddie Kingston wasn't quite on par with cm punk but he wasn't far away in terms of his mic skills oh yeah he was able to like stand toe to toe cm punk won their verbal sparring as well as winning the match that they had at full gear but it showed you that eddie kingston had the talent and he had the uh i don't know potential Mm -hmm. to be a bigger star yeah, that was definitely the time when Eddie Kingston was kind of 
gaining popularity and and getting you know he was starting to catch the attention more of um you know there was always a a a section of the crowd that was really into eddie kingston but that was i think around the time that he was first starting to get the attention of the wider fan base and that feud really served him very well i will say it was a fun feud it tied into the history of both guys Mm -hmm. um and you know and it and it talked about the history of cm punk which is something that you didn't really think would be able to happen because so much of his history was tied with wwe and they're mm-hmm. not going to talk, but they went back. They were talking about ROH. Yeah, it was a and CM Punk was able to cut the type of scathing and personal promos mm-hmm. that he was so well known for right. before. And it's just like I'm still the same guy that I was before. I can still be that same silver tongued ass kicker that you fell in love with as a wrestling fan. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna kick this fat piece of shit's ass. Yeah, and and this was this was probably the first time. And by um, Eddie Kingston, no hate, man. Uh, from one fat yeah. piece of shit to another, it's cool. <laughs> Fair's fair. Um, yeah, and and this was the first time. You know, you talk about in his uh, like the first you know couple months of his his career in in AEW, um, not really having a a personal rivalry to invest in um as much as he you know he made it clear he wanted to work with um with darby allen he wanted to work with uh danny garcia he wanted to work with you know some of the the younger up-and-coming stars there really wasn't a, like a call for him to work with eddie kingston yeah and the, this was this was sort of the one that it was like out of the, the gloves are off i can i can really go into this feud not because i want to work with this guy but because there's an angle here there's yeah. a there's a, a a rivalry to be had here um even if no one knew about it right and it was it was one of the I don't feel like the only way to make a good promo and a good uh, feud in professional wrestling is that there has to be some personal animosity behind it, but it it doesn't hurt. Yeah. Yeah. And there's certain guys like CM Punk, like Eddie Kingston, um, where even if they have to sort of embellish a little bit and like, like take something small and make it, as if it was like some horrible, you know, yeah. like uh, well, they, they were able to take the basic premise of the, like, I don't like you. Well, I don't like yes. you. Well, then let's fight. Right. Uh, they right. were able to take that basic premise and make it something important where arguably at full gear like that yeah. was the hottest match on the card. Yes. Might not have been the best match. No, but, but... I think it was the one that fans were looking forward to the most yes uh, that sold that sold people on that show for sure and i think you could make a good argument that had eddie kingston never been in that match with cm punk that eddie kingston never would have moved forward and gotten to the next level in his feud with chris jericho like he did right that was that was like a a stepping stone to what and ultimately was kind of the the launching point for him 
because I think now, and it's large, and I think a large, a lot of credit has to be given to that feud with Punk that he had, was Eddie Kingston is a viable world championship contender where before yep. he wasn't. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. I, I completely agree with that. And it's definitely, I will say it's, it's a little uncomfortable to go back just knowing what we know now to go back and, and watch that, uh, <laughs> that promo that Eddie Kingston yeah. cuts <laughs> on CM Punk being like, the locker room hates you. Like nobody wants you here. Like in the moment it was like, it felt like Eddie was sort of projecting, you know, because, you know, as, as, but as he does, he was not, uh, yeah. And now we kind of look back that's, on that. That's, and go, that's for later right Ooh. now. We're still in happy mm. fun times. Yeah, no, but it, it was just like the first moment that that kind of cropped up of like, Hmm, somebody doesn't like CM Punk doesn't like them being here but again because it's eddie you kind of had this feeling of like he was just being a hater he was yeah he was just that's his character that's who he you know who he portrays and he was taking something that he felt and kind of embellishing it into i hate you so now i'm gonna say the entire locker room hates you so tj i gotta ask did you ever watch Chappelle show i did Chappelle show yes uh which uh uh so do you remember that skit the time haters yes where, yep where, where uh dave Chappelle and charlie murphy and the other dude yep they would they uh they they were like pimps or something yes. and they would try i think one the one is they traveled back to like slave times mm-hmm. and like shot a slave owner yes and like charlie yep. murphy like couldn't stop shaking the whole time <laughs> yeah like you could straight up throw Eddie Kingston right next to them. He could be yes. a time hater tomorrow. Exactly. Yep. If, yep. Like, he, yes, that is absolutely what Eddie Kingston, like that's who he is, is just a straight up hater. <laughs> uh, and I think so. Yeah, that's I think I think you're right. It was easy to discount the things that he was saying because he plays that the role of a hater. So, well. mm-hmm. yep. but so great promos they were had and cm punk went over as he needed to do and then he was he very quickly moved into the feud that everyone wanted him to be in. yes like pretty much the only feud that it, no one really cared about cm punk versus kenny omega no one really cared about the young bucks or daniel bryan brian danielson john moxley really the only guy that came up in terms of who people wanted to see cm punk get in the ring with was mjf yeah if if there is one defining aspect like one part of cm punk's first year that you want to look back on and say this was it it's it's his feud with mjf that was the one thing that all of this seemed to be building to all of this you know everything um since he returned to AEW pretty much all the speculation was when and how do they get him into a rivalry with MJF because and you know, and that, it has to happen. So the begin, like the start of, I'll always think the start of their feud was kind of stupid and that CM Punk came out and didn't shake uh, MJF's hand and mm-hmm. CM Punk came out when he had no business coming out. So the beginning of their feud was very forced. 
Um, yeah, I mean, to me, it felt that like there was no reason for CM Punk to come out other than to poke the bear. Yes. And and why was he going to put like, what reason did he have to poke the bear? But what I will say is given the natural affinity that those two characters have, like the, the natural fit for those two characters together, as soon as MJF opened his mouth and like kind of left it open-ended as to who might respond to him. It just felt like CM Punk was, CM Punk was you know, like it was as if MJF's promo was a puzzle piece and CM Punk was the exact puzzle piece that fits like if it fits exactly into that gap that MJF left with his promo. Like it was just anybody could have come out in that moment. And there are certainly other people who sort of would have made sense. And like, it would have, it it would have been all right. But just in the back of my mind, as soon as, as MJF kind of started that promo, I was like, this has got to be, where CM Punk gets involved. Like this has to yeah. be like this is tailor-made for CM Punk to come out and challenge MJ. I mean it it did make sense. I just the what really the that's really the only critique I have of their feud. I thought their mm-hmm. feud was fantastic. Yeah. It was everything I wanted. Like the beginning was a little forced, but other than that, like uh yeah. it was fire. Every mm-hmm. promo was fire. They were yes. able to, uh, again, they were able to tie in history of the characters without having to really reference the WWE. Like seeing yes. and like, like, and they were able to juxtapose it with things like how uh, MJF had the photo with CM Punk when he is, was a kid, mm-hmm. kind of mirrored that photo that CM Punk had with Stone Cold as a yep. kid. Uh, mm-hmm. It was it was such an interesting way to do it, uh, I think. And arguably, the best moment of that feud came from MJF and not CM Punk when MJF cut that promo that was like a pseudo face promo where he talked mm-hmm. about overcoming adversity. Is this uh, little Jewish kid who always got picked on? Yep. Uh, and then he, you know, and then CM Punk came out. Who's like, come on, are, are you being serious here? And then he right. was like screen like that was the best moment of the feud yes by far and that feud again just like i said with eddie kingston that feud showed that not only could mjf be at the top with the top guy he Mm -hmm. could on occasion outdo him yes and he was the and to outdo cm punk on the mic is hard to do right overall i would say that cm punk particularly when they were having the promos where they were trading jabs mm-hmm. i would say that cm punk always came out the better yes um, but i mean n- nothing that uh, nothing that's happened in aew in the last year has been more impactful than that promo that mja mjf cut Right. Uh, and I think they were in New Jersey when he cut it. And it was mm-hmm. just, it was so good. And it was real. It felt real. 
it felt authentic because I think it was real and it was authentic. He was drawing on his own life and right. turning it into entertainment. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, you talk about when they were face to face and kind of trading insults and CM Punk always kind of won those, uh, you know, those kind of verbal back and forths. Um, I think the story that they were really telling was MJF realized that realized that he wasn't gonna you know he wasn't gonna get in cm punk's head the way he got in a lot of people's heads by you know insulting them and by making it personal and and you know all of that kind of stuff um the way he was going to beat cm punk was by playing to his humanity and his compassion and you know going to a place of I really love this business and this, you know, the opportunity to be a professional wrestler because of that adversity and because of all that I had to, to suffer through. And because it got me through those hard times, like being able to watch my heroes on TV when I was being bullied and when I was being, you know, disrespected and, and being overlooked, um, you know, that gave me something to hope for that was his in to get past CM Punk because CM Punk, you know, in those first few months of his, his return to AEW, that's exactly the kind of stuff that he laid out as like, I love this industry. I love professional wrestling. Um, I love being able to be the guy that is on people's TV that they look up to and that helps them to get through that adversity and that hard time. Um, and so MJF was pretty much like, okay, if I want to get to him, that's the way to do it is to be like, Hey, I was that kid and I did look up to you and you let me down. And, you know, so it was, it was a, a classic, you know, villain move to play on the insecurity of the hero and like hit him where it really hurts you're not going to hit CM Punk with an insult. You're not going to hit CM Punk with, you know, something, um, you know, a dig at him personally, because he's heard all of these things. He's, you know, he's, he's been around long enough that he's been insulted and called every name in the book and, you know, all that kind of stuff. But what you're going to get him on is um, him being a young guy and really, looking up to punk and punk letting him down yeah. because that was the whole thing that he said when, you know, when he came back, he didn't want to be somebody that people wish was still around, but they never got to see him, you know, that kind of thing. Um, and so of course that was what let him, you know, kind of stick the knife in and, and get him. Uh, and, you know, that was what led to, his first loss in AEW, uh, you know, MJF beating him in Chicago, you know, in this, this stunning moment um, because MJF had just suckered him in just enough that he was able to, to kind of stick the knife in and, and, and take advantage. Yeah. So, and I think, and if we're looking at everything, so uh, we talked about the promos, but let's talk about the matches now. Right. So, yeah. They say that MJF won twice and CM Punk won once. Really, it's one to one. So yeah, they officially, a, yeah, <laughs> they were having a match that was in 
uh, sometimes you know, sometimes wrestling does silly things, but they had a match. It was in Chicago, um, and everyone was assuming that you know CM Punk was going to win because it was mm-hmm. in Chicago. Send them, but they and he was undefeated. Yeah, it was in February, I believe. I don't remember the exact mm-hmm. day. Yeah, um, and CM Punk was going in undefeated, and you know, uh, he had just he had had to go through all of MJF's cronies from mm-hmm. Wardlow, who absolutely destroyed CM Punk. Yes, um, uh, to Ty Dillinger himself, Sean yep. Spears, Sean Spears, uh, chairman. Yeah, the chairman of the board. Uh, that well, no, that was a JBL thing, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I don't know where that came from. Uh, also, I miss Sean Spears. Can he come back and do stuff? Yeah, like, I mean, I like Sean Spears, I yeah, I, I do too. I, I enjoy some Sean Spears. Yeah, I want him to come back, go insane. Maybe, maybe Sean Spears, he could come back, he could hit Matt Hardy in the head, in the face with a chair and make Matt Hardy go insane again mm, and just give mm-hmm. me the broken Matt Hardy that I want. Yeah. I think that's... I don't need big money, Matt. I don't, I don't want 1998 Matt Hardy. No. Nope. Uh, throwing the M's up in the nope. air and doing like the, doing the finger guns. Yeah. No, thank you. Nope. I want insane, weird British accent, piano playing, drone flying mm-hmm. uh lake of reincarnation dunking matt matthew moore hardy yes yeah i agree i i think that would be i i if will I just can, say if i can steal a catchphrase from someone in in mm-hmm. a matt hardy cut the shit <laughs> yes <laughs> i will say the only other matt hardy that I wouldn't mind if they brought back is the the V one with the the mat fact the matitude uh yes. the 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 facts on the screen and all that. Though so I remember one of them being that he doesn't like mustard and that made me mad. Um, <laughs> Matt Hardy. So maybe like don't mustard. maybe don't bring back the the mat facts. But still, yes. Uh, um, yeah. Go in Sean Spears. Delete everyone. Yes, Sean Spears. Doink him in the head. Break him. Make him be broken again. Yes. Uh, we'll all thank you for it. Um, but back to the matches. Yeah. Uh, so they had two matches. They had yes. uh, they had just a straight up match that MJF was able to win through shenanigans. Yes. Um, so he won. A- he won by choking Punk with his yes. wrist tape, yes. and then when he went to celebrate, he kind of put the wrist tape under his his armpit so that the referee wouldn't see it but then the ref raised his arm and the tape fell out and the referee put two and two together and and restarted the match but he did still win with by cheating uh wardlow did, gave him did the, he use the ring yeah gave him the ring, the ring um and he used it behind the ref's back and and won so of course mjf touted that he beat cm punk twice in his hometown of course the record will show he only beat him once because only one of those results was official. Um, but he gets the claim anyway that he beat him twice in his hometown of Chicago, which yes. of course, which is which is a fun heel thing to do, and yes. it makes sense. Yeah. Uh, and then that moved quickly. So Revolution, which was the next pay per view in March, 
Yep. They had a dog. They had a dog collar match, which always promises nice hardcore fun. Yep. Uh, there was lots of choking. Uh, there was blood. Uh, tables and chairs, and oh my, all the things. Yeah. Well, and uh, you talk about um the how the feud had reached back to CM Punk's Ring of Honor days, um, yeah, with MJF explicitly referencing one of the more famous promos that cm punk cut uh in in ring of honor you know you stupid old man i'm a you know don't you know i'm a snake and the the greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world that he doesn't exist um and lo and behold cm punk brings back his ring of honor gear his ring of honor entrance uh Mizaria Cantare by AFI is his entrance music, like the whole nine yards. It's amazing. Um, that I know. I, once I saw him wearing that gear, I didn't understand. I don't understand why that's not the gear he wears all the time. Yeah, get rid of I, the long boys. If 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 indeed he does come back, get rid of the long boys. I don't need to see you wear tights anymore. I want the basketball shorts. Yeah, or the I, boxing shorts, or whatever the. You're yeah. gonna call. We almost went rated R. We didn't. Mm, we 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 took our. I held the. F we went to back. the edge. With the toe was at the on the line, but it didn't go over. So that's it's okay. what I want to say. ROH CM Punk, give me cult of personality and the ROH ring gear. I'm all about it. Yeah. It and here's the thing. It because it was a dog collar match because it you know it it may not get its. It's due because it was, uh, yeah, as you said, weapons and blood and, you know, all of this stuff. Um, in my opinion, that is, that's my match of the year. Like right now, if you ask me to pick my favorite match, like the best match that I've seen all year, and I understand people will say, well, you know, from a work rate standpoint and from, you know, blah, 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 whatever. In terms of the way that match was executed as a payoff to mm-hmm. that feud, that was the, that was, that was the best match that I've seen all year. Like it, well, that match, put, it was the most satisfying thing. Yes. It's, and, it's and so, it there pays was a, off it was the feud conc- so well. Yes. It was a good conclusion. It, it wrapped things up, but it left it open-ended and it, uh, each guy went off in a different direction afterwards, but Mm -hmm. it was, it was cathartic. It was satisfying and it closed off this feud that you wanted in the way you wanted it to end. Yes. And needed to end. And talking about how CM Punk, you know, when CM Punk, came to AEW talking about wanting to work with younger stars and bring them up. He did that not only with MJF, but with Wardlow, mm-hmm. like both of those guys benefited immensely from being involved in that feud with CM Punk Wardlow, like pretending not to be able to find the ring when MJF needed it and then finding it and leaving it for CM Punk. And like, I mean, you talk about, fan reactions <laughs> you know um the the reaction to wardlow slipping that ring into the into uh, into the ring for punk to use um was 
a massive reaction. Like the crowd was immediately a hundred percent behind Wardlow. Um, you know, the momentum that he has now stems back to that one moment. Yeah. Like everything that Wardlow has done since then has come from that, like being involved in that angle with CM Punk. And you talk about the efficiency of being able to get two guys, you know, Wardlow as a, a you know, a big hulking, you know, destroyer babyface and MJF as the ultimate slimy, you know, heel. Um, CM Punk got both of them to that next level. Yeah. Like that, that is, that's a big credit to, to him and to the way AEW booked that entire feud. And, you know, and I, I think, I think that's a, a, a perfect way to encapsulate that. I would, I think when you come down to whatever end of the year awards, like CM Punk MJF feud of the year, mm-hmm. um, CM Punk MJF, I wouldn't go as far as to say it the best match of the year, but I would say it's it's damn close. It's it's mm-hmm. in terms of a satisfying finish to a match, it's I'm having a hard time of thinking of anything that was more satisfying. Yeah. It was it was expertly done. It showed why CM Punk had why CM Punk should have come back. Because mm-hmm. I think even up until right. that point, people was like, did you really need to? Like, yes, we, seven years we've moved on. But this showed how much CM Punk had left to how much he ha- he still had to offer. And mm-hmm. uh, the wrestling world was better for, for it. Yeah, I think. And that, the se- oh, go ahead. I, I think you're right in terms of that feud with MJF kind of justifying his return. That was the first thing that made you sit up and say, OK this like everything before that the the eddie kingston and you know darby like allen darby and, and allen all of that stuff fun. eddie yeah. kingston was like oh that's really cool but yeah. i didn't necessarily need eddie kingston or even really yeah. want eddie kingston but i as a as a wrestling fan uh, as as a cm punk or as a wrestling fan i wanted mjf and cm punk and as a mm-hmm. cm punk fan i yeah. needed mjf and cm punk yeah, that was the 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 first feud that really, if uh, you know, as we we alluded to in the the intro, um, if year one of CM Punk in AEW is all we get, that's the one aspect of his run in the that company is the, that is the that we're gonna say, crown. well, that yeah, that justifies it. That justifies him coming back and and being involved in this company. At least we got that is what we'll kind of hang our hats on and so and then that leads us to the next thing to his next feud which which span the next so this this is over in march Mm -hmm. and then he's he middles around a little but then he quickly moves into a to a feud with hangman i don't like how they say hangman like it's his Mm. last name is hangman (laughs) adam page yes and if ever there was a lackluster world champion and a lackluster feud, it was this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was just, and I think, and, and in all honesty, I think it has more to do with Adam Page than it does with CM Punk. Uh, mm-hmm. For my for my money, I just, 
the the Adam Page World Championship run didn't hit. It didn't. It it's not an it's it's not a complete failure, mm-hmm. but it was just eh. Yeah, it never really seemed important. He never uh like he feuded with Adam Cole for way too long. Mm-hmm. Um, and the feuds that he had before that just didn't really seem like Daniel Bryan was great. Yeah. Daniel Bryan, but then he moved from Daniel Bryan to uh Lance uh Lance Archer. Mm-hmm. Yes, Lance Archer. I almost yep. I was about to say Lance Hoyt. I'm like, yes, I, know I, was, right. I wondered, I wondered if that was where <laughs> where it was like, wait, Hoyt Archer? Yeah. And then I was right. like, hold on, Vance is in there somewhere. I don't know where that came <laughs> Lance, from. Lance Vance, Vance I, I, refrigeration. No, he, no. Okay. And I remember seeing that. I remember seeing that Lance Archer match and I was like, why is this not on a pay-per-view? Mm-hmm. What, like Lance Archer's this yeah. big, huge, mo- like, why are they not, why are they rushing this? Yes. So they, the Brian Danielson feud was given the right amount of time and it was done the right, well done yep. the right way. And it solidified Adam page as a credible champion. Yep. And then they rushed his feud with, lance archer which seemed really confusing but okay Mm -hmm. and then they just overextended the feud with adam cole to the point where i was tired of seeing it yeah i didn't want to watch it anymore i Uh, i think the biggest thing with adam page and this happens with the kind of underdog baby faces in wrestling sometimes the chase for the championship is such a like you get so emotionally invested and it's such a big deal that then once they have the title, they it's hard to, to yeah, it's, it's almost inevitably going to be a letdown. And that was the big thing with, with Adam page was his story with Kenny Omega was so well told and, and they, yeah. they told it, you know, they paced it out for such a long time that then, you know, when he was champion, it was like, okay, great. But, now what you know and and so that was well, also, i think that was the hard part about it um but and, it's a, and so and we're gonna i'm gonna play monday morning booker too mm-hmm. he was just booked once he became the champion he was booked wrong he mm-hmm. wasn't on the show enough he right. wasn't the like think about just think about uh adam page's run and think about kenny omega's run yes kenny omega was always the focal point yes. of the show yeah, he or, was or always one there. of the focal yep. He was always there. He was generally in a main event spot um, mm-hmm. and in a very important spot. Yep. Adam Page was not. Yeah. Adam Page sometimes wasn't even there. Mm-hmm. And so uh also Adam Page is much more successful in the ring than he is on the mic. And sure. they were not playing to his strengths. They were trying yeah. to make him something he wasn't. Now did he need to cut promos that yes you need to uh, yeah to be a credible world champion do you need to be able to control the microphone yes and adam page can do that but yeah they weren't again they weren't playing to his strengths they wouldn't get past that oh i kind of don't deserve this aw shucks i'm here mm-hmm. kind of right vibe that he had struck and uh, just and also like the biggest feud he had was Adam Cole and Adam Cole just was not the right. I get why they chose Adam Cole. I get why mm-hmm. Tony Khan was like, you're the guy right now, but Adam Cole was not the right person 
for that feud. It was the yeah, wrong choice. It would have it would have been fine if they had done one pay per view uh, with Adam Page and Adam Cole. Like yeah, two, like you said, it was, was a, a it was a logical pairing, but they needed to to recognize when that had had played its you know that had run its course. We were good to move on, and then they just kind of didn't. And it was like, oh, I guess we're going to do this for another pay-per-view, which I'm not sure why we would want to do that. Then, and Um, particularly because their pay-per-views are so far in between, it was Mm -hmm. just. And then, and so then, you know, this this right this is a CM Punk show right now. So, but this led this is leading back to Adam Page versus CM Punk for the world title, and again, the the buildup was okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it just it wasn't spectacular. It wasn't. It was good, not great. Yeah. And with CM Punk, you expect great, and then when you only get good, you're disappointed. Yeah. And uh, it just Adam Page, when you were, uh, it's well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna seal that thing that uh that that CM Punk said back in WWE. His arms were just too short to box with God. Mm-hmm. He couldn't do it. Adam right. Page standing next to CM Punk looked lesser. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this this felt like it felt like AEW had recognized Adam Page's champion had gone as far as it was going to go for now. It's not to say that he'll never be champion again. It's not to say that he couldn't have a better run if he gets the title back but this felt like they were intentionally kind of running him into a bigger star who was inevitably going to take that title off of him. Um, And they, they tried, I feel like they tried to do it in such a way that wouldn't kill Adam Page's momentum. And I think they were mostly successful at that, but because they, they had to walk such a fine line with it to where it was inevitable. He was going to lose, but, he still had to like maintain his credibility a little bit. Um, it just felt we're like it lose, was a little too fake. Yeah, it was. It was a little too safe. I think is is what I would would say well, for and that. Also, that like feud. the stakes. There were no like watching that. It was like CM Punk's winning. Yeah, yeah. There's no reason. I watched it. I loved it. I'd watch it again. It was great to see CM Punk win a title again. But I just mm-hmm. I ended up not caring and it didn't. Yeah. Eh. Yeah. And it, then it, it was go ahead. It just no, it just the ending of it just felt inevitable, right? Well, it just yeah. felt like, yeah, of course that happened. Like it didn't feel like the big crowning achievement yeah. for, for CM Punk. It just felt like, yeah, that was of course that happened. It was you know? like, okay, you've won this. Can you please now go fight Brian Danielson? That's what I'd like uh-huh. to see. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> let's yeah. let's get to the good stuff. Right. Um, and that's and you know, that's uh, that's I like Adam Page. Uh he yeah, he's he's a fun, he's a fun cowboy guy. Mm-hmm. Um and I think like at some point, uh, I mean, I think I want Page to be a little bit more of like a cowboy ass kicker mm-hmm. than uh, a cowboy whiner, and they mm. kind of turned him into a cowboy whiner over the course of his title reign. Yeah, um, I think that's just, fair. And it just fell flat, and the C- and CM Punk 
elevated it to a point where it wouldn't have gotten to with anyone else because mm-hmm. of Adam Page's title reign, that was probably the second best feud of the four feuds he had. Yeah. Brian Danielson was the best one. Yeah. Oh, CM yeah. Punk was number mm-hmm. two. Yep. With, absolutely. With Adam Cole, a very low, low, low number four. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I don't, if you could dig a hole, keep friggin' digging, man. And then <laughs> yeah. let's bury Adam Cole and Adam Page's feud and never dig it up again. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think that's for the best. <laughs> but, you know, and so then that brings us, and then that's argue like that's not the end but that's pretty much the end because real just i mean he got hurt yeah pretty short during a six-man tag like uh with the ass boys mm-hmm. and max caster um, yeah and it was it was weird because i feel like so at um you know in the match with uh with hangman page um he very clearly botched the uh, the buckshot lariat, you know, trying to steal Paige's move. And it really felt like that was where he must have injured himself. Yes. Um, but I guess they didn't realize it until that trios match uh, with, uh, with FTR. But... Um, from what I remember of that match, Punk was not in it very much. And it really did feel like they had to have known he wasn't a hundred percent. And maybe it was just, you know, it's right after the pay-per-view, like he had this big long match and, you know, FTR very capable of, of kind of carrying a match. Um, and so maybe that was it that they just kind of it's hard let to them notice. do it. But I wager, he, I think you're right. He probably tweaked it. But it was mm-hmm. in that match. I remember he came off the top rope for something and he landed. You could see him land yeah. weird. Yep. And I think that's where it happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, but either way, just like it derailed everything. Yep. And then they did this wonky interim championship nonsense, which let I me, didn't like. Go ahead. Let me defend the interim champion thing just, just because I, this is something that I hear a lot of complaints about. And I understand the, the, you know, the wrestling tradition is you get injured, you vacate the title, like you have some sort of match or tournament or whatever to determine the new champion, all of that kind of stuff. I actually like the interim champion idea for two main reasons. One, it establishes that in order to lose a title, you have to actually lose a match. Like for years, what's the storyline been whenever somebody goes out injured and they come back? Oh, I never lost this title. Like, you know, well, yeah, okay. This just legitimizes that idea. I never lost the title and I still have it. Yeah, it does provide a story, like just a a ready-made storyline for when... And that's that's okay. the other thing. So one, you have to lo- it, it establishes the rule in AEW that in order to lose a title, you have to actually be pinned or submitted or something. You have to lose a match to lose a title, and it builds that anticipation for you know effectively 
while CM Punk was gone, John Moxley was the champion. Like everybody saw it every single week, you yes. know. And John Moxley was on fire. John Moxley yeah. was the right choice for the interim champion. Uh, I really like, and so, and then that does but, bring us. Go but ahead. looming over that, you always knew, even though John Moxley a hundred percent was the champion. Looming over that the whole time was when is CM Punk going to be back and what's going to happen when these two finally face off, which I would argue kept uh, CM Punk relevant and made John Moxley like it, it made you, yeah, yeah, it made you think, man, is John Moxley in the time that CM Punk is out, is he getting to the point where he could beat CM Punk when he comes back is mm-hmm. he over so much as champion as interim champion that they're going to pull the trigger and he's going to win their eventual match which i think in in my mind made john moxley seem even that much more important because yeah. if he was holding the title but you know cm punk had had to vacate it the thought would always be well he beat he can beat anybody, but he couldn't beat CM Punk. He hasn't beaten CM Punk. He's not legitimate until he beats CM Punk. But with well, him being you know, interim yeah. champ, you have that feeling of, is he getting to the point where he could actually do this, where you actually believe it more? Well, and you know, and so, and then that this is bringing us to the final, uh, the final feud that, well, okay. There's another thing to talk about, but that's outside yeah. of wrestling. But the final wrestling feud that CM Punk has had in year one yes. was with John Moxley. Yes. And he came and it was the feud was rushed a little bit. Um yeah. and so and that is that is a that's an issue with uh the most recent AEW, like the most recent AEW pay-per-view all out was the most poorly promoted pay-per-view they've put on in three mm-hmm. years. Uh, there were way too many trios matches. Uh, none of the matches really, a lot of the matches didn't really matter. They didn't mm-hmm. seem to matter. Like for instance, as much as I enjoyed seeing the motor city machine guns come into AEW mm-hmm. team with Jay lethal. Why? Mm-hmm. Like, why is this match yep. happening? Why is this the thing that's happening right now? Why is the TNT championship not being defended? Yeah. Uh, yeah. That was the biggest thing for me was you have FTR who are the ring of honor, triple A. You know, they're just the, all the tag team. Champions. They're just, That's yeah. Funny. All the tag team champions, except AEW's tag team championships. And you have Wardlow who's the TNT champion. And I'm not saying that FTR necessarily should have had a title match, but they could have had a tag team match. And they should Wardlow have. could have had a singles match for the, the TNT championship. And I'd rather see both of those than what they did by combining them, well, so, um, which was still, well, you know, a good match, but it didn't matter at all. It, it was irrelevant. Whereas a tag match involving FTR and a TNT title match, both of those would have mattered more than this, you know, jumbled up trios match. Well, okay, let's go back real quick and let's just, so here's what AEW had, particularly leading up to this, they, 
their problem is they blew their nut way too early. And that's what mm-hmm. kept happening with yeah. each feud. They were, so I'm going to give you then a much more successful plan for what, for AEW all out. Okay. Mm-hmm. You have your trio stuff right on yep. the, the, the trios leading to, even though I still feel orange Cassidy and the best friend should have won whatever. And crazy it's enough, fine. they had a second chance to win them, and they and still they didn't. Still didn't <laughs> like, win. What I, I'm not, we're not talking yep. about that right now. Yeah. It's a sore subject. Yep. <laughs> they can, they can keep sleeping on Orange Cassidy all they want. Yep. It's their loss. Yep. Uh, but oh, so AEW Tag Team Championships. It should have been Swerve in Our Glory versus FTR for yeah. all the marbles. Oh yeah. That you would have had weeks of gamesmanship going back and forth mm-hmm. swerving our glory or a uh uh ftr is like look at all these titles and yep. then swerving our glory is like okay but you still don't have these you're and you're you not don't have the these. one that matters and you're not yeah. going to get them from us yeah, <laughs> yeah and exactly so that's how that should have built up and so what are you going to do with the acclaimed well that dumpster match they had with the ass boys should have been on at all out Mm, that's where that match should have because that's that match uh other than christian and jungle boy that had the most depth and emotion and Mm -hmm. story in it there was no reason for that match to happen on a random rampage or whenever it was yeah that match should have happened dan housen could have been the special guest referee (laughs) yes (laughs) i'd have loved it and look now we're working stuff in there that yep. is much more logical storytelling. You build it to this moment that you have. Mm-hmm. Like, essentially, the whole show of All Out was built in, like, two weeks. Made yeah. no sense. Yeah, uh, that was probably Eddie, the yeah. biggest drawback to, to All Out was just not enough of a, like, you had, obviously, you had feuds established before then. But, yeah, you had you know, Jericho showing up on, on, uh, on dynamite and being like, Hey, Daniel, uh, Brian Danielson, I'm going to fight you. And Brian Danielson being like, yeah, we are going to fight. And Jericho's like, yeah, it's going to happen it all out. And it was like, Oh, okay. I mean, I guess we, sh- we saw that coming, but yeah. it was just kind of stuff just kind of got put on there. And, and then Wardlow, like I would, I would argue those, uh, 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 a 2.0 whatever those goobers names are now oh yeah daddy magic and cool head luke yep they should have they could have fought wardlow for the tnt title Mm -hmm. instead of fighting hook for the ftw title which what that came out of friggin left field but okay yeah and that they could then that would have given wardlow something to do Mm -hmm. or Maybe yeah. Wardlow could have just fought Jay Lethal. Right. And just you just yep. build instead of blowing your nut on that feud weeks before and having Jay Lethal win like twice, lose the same match twice. Yeah. You build anticipation. You build to that match happening, even mm-hmm. if you squash Jay Lethal, which is fine. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's <laughs> at this point more... in his career, like what's the, yeah, what's the harm? Yeah. It's that much more. It's, it's. It would have been that. It would have been much more satisfying. But the most unsatisfying and the most weirdly 
promoted match was the world title match between yes. John Mox. So CM Punk returns, has like a three minute match. Yeah. And loses convincingly. Yes. yes. Now yeah. he's given an at. He's given an yes. out, right? He's like, oh, my foot, out, out, my yes. foot, out, my foot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he gets uh, like suplex twice, like a right. dragon sleep, uh, an underhook suplex, which, by the way, I'd like to point out is not John Moxley's finisher in no, AEW. but. They they did uh they did do the smart thing. So for for years, um, in WWE, he would use that or the the DDT kind of interchangeably, and they called both of them the Dirty Deeds, which was like that's not the same move, you guys. Like, at least AEW has established that the paradigm shift is the DDT version, and the suplex version is the Death Rider. So they have different names, even though they're very similar moves. And he does use them kind of interchangeably as his finisher. But at least they do have two different names for it. Well, the issue like the issue. So it was just weird that that was the first time that that's the first time I can remember seeing him do that in AEW. So just kind of I was like, that's weird. Mm. Oh, he's he's definitely used it. But yeah, it it was I, I said this cheap, cheap plug incoming. Um, I said this in my uh, chair shots with Killam Faulkner, which is a weekly feature on filmironic.com. If you're not reading it currently, do yourself a favor. Check it out. It's pretty good if I do say so myself. Every Thursday. Um, Yes. Um, But uh, as I said in in my write up of that episode of uh, Dynamite, um, or I guess maybe in in one of the subsequent ones. really felt like instead of giving away the unification match on TV, the unification match should have been at the pay-per-view have CM Punk come back on dynamite and say, okay, we're going to have this unification match at all out, but I've been out injured for a while. I want to have a tune-up match, have him challenge Wheeler Yuta you know, he's yeah. he's one of the Blackpool Combat Club guys. Have him challenge Wheeler Yuta and do the exact same thing. Have him do the thing where he, he goes to kick Wheeler Yuta in the head and his, his foot, you know, gives his out. Gives out, yeah. And, um, I mean, you could, if you really want to be bold, you could have Wheeler Yuta actually beat CM Punk because of it. Or you could just have a ref stoppage and just call it a no contest or whatever i'm sure you know fans would would hate that because you know AEW's largely shied away from um doing like non-finishes but it accomplishes the same thing by you know putting some doubt is cm punk coming back too early is he hurt is he you know is he going to be able to you know compete at all out against john moxley who's at the top of his game without crucially giving away that title match that unification title match against John Moxley because if you know you talk about the wonky booking for for all out that was the biggest yes. problem was the wonkiest you're 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 giving us the main event of this pay-per-view is a match we saw just you know a week ago yeah 
that went three minutes and had a decisive, clean victory. Yeah. Like even we like, knew they tried to give him an out, but still, right. It's very clear that John Moxley won, and well, he and won we convincingly, and we knew the problem was. I wouldn't call it a squash, but it was mm-hmm. damn near a squash. It was as close to a squash as you're ever going to get in a world title match. Let's put yes. it that way. Um, and yet. Oh, we, no, that time that time that Brock Lesnar was throwing John Cena. Well, the ring. <laughs> or or if we if we really want to go there, that time that uh, Brock Lesnar pinned Kofi Kingston in 18 seconds, that was oh, an actual squash match. It still sad. hurts. Um, that's not, that's not good stuff. It's probably the biggest reason that I am still to this day, hesitant to watch WWE because even though triple H is in charge now, and supposedly it's a lot better, I still have that memory in my head of my guy, Kofi Kingston, like Kofi mania was so good. And, ah, like just like bad memories we we hate you we hate you for liking this we hate you for for being a fan of kofi Kingston. how dare you make us make kofi kingston a world champion yeah it's the it's the uh it's the um it's the meme of the uh i i'm blanking on his name the eric andre meme where he he shoots the guy in the chair and then goes like, how dare you make me do this? It was WWE is Eric Andre shooting the guy in the chair, which is Kofi Mania, and looking at the camera going, why did you make me kill? Why did you make me kill Kofi Mania like this? Like, <laughs> yeah, deserve better. Um, but anyway, yes, CM Punk losing to, to John Moxley on free TV in a unification match in that manner was as close as we ever need to get to a, to a squash match for the title. And well, so yeah, so you, you oh, kind of knew that CM Punk was going to win in Chicago at all yes, out. It was and clear. so it was like, why it, they fell into the same Adam page thing, the same way that you knew, you just knew CM mm-hmm. Punk was going to go over on Adam page. I, you knew that CM Punk was going to go over John Moxley. I like, I right. like your hypothesis. I think, th- I think what I would have liked better is for them to just do a brawl and for in the middle of the brawl for CM Punk to go for that sure. kick. Yeah. And uh, give the, the same thing happens. And then medical staff rushes out a steal. That's a way you could still mm-hmm. include. He yep. rushes out. And they are, they like stop. They push uh, John Moxley back, and John Moxley is only like letting go. Is like, is this dude really like? Is that really just happened? Am I about right. to? Okay, uh, and so you you're getting the same effect, but you're lengthening the story, and you're not giving anything away. And right. then the next week, you could uh, uh, let the money come out, just like uh, like one of my. Fa- even though I didn't like this buildup, the promo segment between John Moxley and CM Punk was fantastic. Yes. They both cut great promos. I really love that line where John Moxley said he was the heart and soul, but CM yes. Punk said, that's fine. You can be the heart and soul. I'll be the dollars and cents. I yes. was like, oh, shit, yep. he got him. Yep. And uh, the, the thing with this whole feud that seemed pretty promising was it, it, teased a more heelish 
CM, CM Punk. Punk. Yeah. Like it felt like in order to beat John Moxley for the title, he was going to have to turn heel and you know, with how much they devoted in the time that CM Punk was out, how much time they devoted to John Moxley being the face of of AEW, being the biggest baby face in the company, that really made sense. And yet, like, it, it just felt like they weren't, they obviously couldn't turn CM Punk heel in Chicago. I mean, well, that was just never going to happen. CM Punk is like the NWO man, heel or face, it doesn't matter. The yeah. people are buying the shirts. Yes. So, uh, but and and this is the other thing that I wanted to to mention with that uh, that sort of squash match on Dynamite. Um, that's going to tie into to the conclusion here. Um, it really felt like because you know CM Punk the week before had come back and made his his return promo. Um, and he called out Adam page at the beginning of that promo, even though it, you know, the feud was with Moxley and, and all of that. Um, he called out Adam page and, you know, basically said, you know, you want your shot at the title, you know, you never got a, a rematch against me or whatever, come out here and get it. And reportedly that wasn't in the script. And from the way it, it played on screen, it didn't seem to be scripted either because, of course, Adam Page didn't come out and CM Punk just went on with his promo and all of that. Um, so I feel like and I wonder, um, this has kind of been the, the speculation since then, um, CM Punk losing the title to John Moxley in the way that he did and on free tv and you know not saving it for the pay-per-view felt kind of like punishment for him going off script and calling out adam page now obviously cm punk has has sort of said that adam page well, so started let, it let's, back so with let's their come feud. Back, let's, let's come back to that let's yeah. let's hone in just real quick because we can come right back to that yeah so we're gonna get to match, it but just that that the, weirdness the, that awkwardness felt yeah. kind of like punishment a, a punishment for punk that you know is going to foreshadow the way that this all ends so i slightly disagree with that but we'll talk about it um but either way the match that we get between cm punk and john moxley just felt forced yeah uh, it didn't it didn't even though there was that really nice promo that they had i mean i just it feels like with all out as a whole they dropped the ball and with CM Punk and John Moxley, they lost the game. Um, I don't think anyone's get, like going to remember All Out 2022 particularly fondly. Um, yeah. And I think that All Out is, wouldn't that be considered their biggest show of the year? Or is that yeah. double or nothing? I, I, would, I would consider All Out the biggest. Um, I just, I think it, about like the last few years, um like match of the year contenders you know big important moments a lot of them have, have happened at all out and it it does feel like um that has been in you know in the company's short history that has been probably their most consistently great pay-per-view okay um which yeah which which makes this year's entry 
it's it's not going to be remembered as one of the worst AEW pay-per-views, but it's definitely not going to be remembered as one of the best either. And well, considering I mean, the standard of yeah. quality for All Out, that's that's kind of saying something. Well, and so and so we'll CM Punk Year One caps it, it, All Out 2022 with a victory. And the winning of his second AEW World Championship. Right. But it also kind of ends with a whimper because by the time Dynamite rolls around, it's announced that not only what CM Punk is never actually mentioned by name. No. um, But it's announced that the AEW World title and the trios titles are being vacated Mm -hmm. and that there's a tournament. And then on Dynamite, there was a match. Uh, there was a match for the trios titles. There will be a tournament for the world title to yep. uh, and at grand slam. A new champion will be crowned. It's probably going to be John Moxley again, though. I, I yeah. feel that's a little, uh, I feel that's a little lazy. Um, John Moxley just won. It feels too easy. Just, Oh, mm-hmm. well this, so we're just going to get back to the old guy. Right. Personally. I think it, I'd like Brian Danielson to win. Yes. I think Chris Jericho would be a really interesting choice mm-hmm. uh, and probably lead to better matches. Uh, but yeah. you have, you do have MJF waiting in the wings. I don't think anyone right. wants to see Jericho versus MJF again, but yeah. MJF versus Brian Danielson, I think is going to be a very similar thing to CM Punk versus MJF. Mm-hmm. Yep. I think that's the more exciting match that could lead to better TV than yeah. John Moxley versus MJF, but that's a whole different conversation. Yeah. CM Punk ends his year one and perhaps his AEW career as a whole on a whimper. He's injured right. again. He's mm-hmm. out for at least eight months. Yeah. And there, like you were alluding to, there is a lot of backstage hullabaloo. Yes. Uh, and what I think there's a world where everything that's happening is actually kind of a work, but I also think that there's probably a world where it's not. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, if they're smart, everything would be, will be able to be turned into uh, an angle on TV and play out, make everyone yeah. money. Yeah. Um but we don't know if the, uh, I wager that's going to largely be up to Tony Khan and probably CM Punk. CM Punk's got lots of money. He's yes. well off. He doesn't have to be yeah, here. He doesn't need to. But so you you touched on it. He went into business for himself and he 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 shot on Adam Page, uh, mm-hmm. which was in response to something that Adam Page had done months prior. Right. When. Adam Page went off script during a promo with CM Punk and that apparently really pissed off CM Punk. Yeah. Now, I wager that that was squashed and figured out in the moment for CM Punk to come back all these months later and interject himself in such a Mm -hmm. way with a character like Adam Page who was barely featured, if we're being honest. Mm -hmm. Uh what what was the point right and it's not it wasn't going to lead to anything i think that's the biggest thing about it was there it it so much of what aew does blending reality with fiction 
is in service of a feud. It's in service of, um, you know, getting us to to tune in and and watch and see how it plays out. But we'd already seen CM Punk versus Hangman Page. We're not going to see that again. Um, Nor do I really want to. No, I mean it. It didn't. It wasn't so amazing the first time around that oh with maybe just a little bit more heat it's going to be great this time now you know that's been done with um his issues with colt cabana are well documented a, a decade old at this point like how he hasn't been able to let that go in the well, time so, i mean so let's let's delve into that because so to a point uh CM Punk has legit gripes. So Scott Colton, Colt Cabana was a member of the Dark Order. Mm-hmm. It's never established why, but he hasn't really been on TV right. for a long time. Even, even before CM Punk got there, it's not like AEW was really even using him that much. No. He would come out with them. He was in a few multi-man matches. Yeah. But he they did they weren't doing much with him. It was clear they didn't have much of a plan for him. And they moved him over to the ROH roster, which, right. again, not like ROH is doing all that much of anything. Yeah. But that's, that is, that's the long and short of what happened. Yes. But apparently rumors were spread by, and the it's said that the rumors were from the Young Bucks and Adam Page that said that mm-hmm. CM Punk got Scott Colton, Colt Cabana got him removed from the AEW roster right. in an attempt to get him fired. Right. I and just thinking about it, and I'm trying to put, you know, we don't know any of these people. We're just looking at things yeah. objectively. I don't think CM Punk did that. I don't think C- I think when CM Punk says he doesn't care, I think he's honest. I don't think he cares. Right. Uh, well, and and here's the thing. Here's the thing that gets me about it is, I understand, uh, you know, the Young Bucks and and Adam Page, like looked up to Colt Cabana. You know, he was a uh, um, a guy who really made a name for himself on the indie scene, and they kind of modeled their career after him, and you know, really took inspiration from his success at getting himself over. But ultimately, you know, if the only reason that he was in AEW was because they liked him and the only reason that he moved from AEW to ROH was because CM Punk didn't like him, like, there has to be a way of smoothing that over. Like, even if that, like, that's the most extreme, um, you know theory of what is, happened that is true who cares yeah he even still if has a even job, at that, he's still getting paid yeah even at that literal extreme where literally he you know he was only kept employed because the bucks and page liked him and he only got uh moved over to roh because of cm punk like i don't think that that's the case but even if it's as cut and dry as that there had to be a way to kind of smooth that over without it becoming an issue where CM Punk, you know, goes out of his way after winning the championship, after setting up this huge momentous, you know, CM Punk versus MJF two 
um, after all of that, which obviously wasn't going to happen because he was injured, but I'm just saying like what should have been this huge moment for CM Punk. If, if he's so bitter about hangman page going off script and about the bucks, you know, spreading these rumors that he's the reason that Colt Cabana got moved to ROH. Is that the time for it? Is that the the venue for it? Is there not a better way to have to worked that out? Yeah. And and to have gotten that out of the way. And and you know, so there's blame to go around on this. Obviously. Well, so, so what punk, happened? We should probably say what happened. If yeah, if you were living under a wrestling rock, what happened yeah. is there was apparently a fight uh yes. backstage where a steel uh was apparently like biting kenny omega yes uh which right like if you're gonna fight me i'm uh everything's coming at you i'm going for your nuts i'm gonna bite you anything yep. i can grab a hold of i'm ripping off yep. so just get ready and yep. i think he threw a, a chair steel, yeah he, a he steel did a guy adheres to that fucking philosophy oh yeah we're rated r he he um, pulled hangman's hair apparently like yeah all the whole kit and caboodle yeah and so and you know there's two sides there's one side that says the the bucks came and they essentially kicked the door in and then cm punk got up and aggressively defended himself mm-hmm. the other the other side says the bucks and were like hey there mr punk how are you going and then uh cm punk punched him in the eye he turned into a, a tornado of fists and yeah. just came flying at him I wager, uh, yeah. like most things, the truth is in the middle. It is. Uh, yeah. But again, we're not there. We're not going to know. I don't trust the dirt sheets very much. No. Uh, I, you know, so the things, the only things that we know are conjecture until right. Tony Khan or the Bucks or CM Punk or someone comes out and says what happened. We don't really know. Yeah. Um, in general, again, I think I tend to side a little bit with cm punk and i i I feel he had legitimate gripes like it it seemed unprofessional for evps of a company to try to bury the biggest star that the company has seems small-minded to do uh but you are absolutely right the way if if this is not a work now i can again i can see a world where this is a work and like the suspension and the trio stuff, all that, it's just a big play for nine months when CM Punk comes back. Like, I think there's a world where CM Punk, after that match, he came back, they found out he was injured, and they're like, listen, let's do something now. Let's get some heat going. Mm-hmm. So that way, when I come back, the, me and right. Kenny Omega can go to town. Yeah. Something along those lines. Mm-hmm. I can see that being legit. And if that is the case, maestro keep playing because it's fantastic you've worked everybody christian cage's uh uh, gimmick his slogan is now your you have worked everyone. yes worked everyone yes uh i think there's a world where this is absolutely going to be true i also Mm -hmm. think there's a world where cm punk is just an asshole because cm punk by all accounts is kind of an asshole yeah and yes. he just came out. He's a, I've had enough of this. I'm coming out. I'm speaking my piece. You don't like it. This is who I am. And right. he did it. It came across as kind of whiny uh, mm-hmm. and 
kind of lessen the impact of him just winning the world championship. And there well, we go. and and to bring this all kind of full, full circle, one of the things that bothered me the most about it was he came into AEW talking about how much he wanted to work with the younger guys and how he wanted to, you know, help bring them along and all that. And one of the things that he said was basically he works with a bunch of children and like, these guys are so immature and I'm, I'm so sick of it and all that. And it's like, but you said you wanted to work with these young guys, like to now turn around and complain about how unprofessional and how, you know, immature they are and all of that. Just, yeah, it felt whiny. It felt beneath CM Punk's dignity. I feel like a great way to put it. It seems like it, it's not something CM Punk should have been doing. Not when, not when you just won the world championship. And I know he may have had a sense of like, you know, I'm hurt. Like I'm, I'm going to be out for a while. And so maybe the, the bitterness of, I just had what should have been like this crowning moment. And, and now it's gone again. And now it's gone again. And I don't know if it's ever going to come back and all of that, that might've been, you know, played a role in it and all of that. Um, but it, it just felt like at a moment at that moment in time, it should have been, he should have been bigger than that. And like I said, there's, there's blame to go around. Tony Khan could have squashed all of this better. Like could have, you know, in, enlisted some of the, the veterans in the locker room to make sure that this was all okay. And worked with his EVPs better to make sure that this wasn't going to be an issue. Um, Obviously, the Bucks and and Kenny Omega, however they, you know, however that backstage confrontation went down, there's some blame to go to them, too. Um, And I the biggest thing for me is. A, you know, all out should be one of their biggest pay-per-views. They crown three new champions at that show. And then on Dynamite immediately afterwards, two of those championships were vacated and the champs were were gone. You're down the whole four, show was invalidated. It did yeah. nothing that happened mattered. You're down four big stars and the biggest, one of arguably the, champ- the biggest results yeah. from the pay-per-view were just immediately thrown out. Yeah. So it's 2022 all out will go down as probably, in my opinion, probably the most lackluster show that AEW has put out in terms of a pay-per-view and yeah. just its effect was completely nullified yeah, but now I think that's I think that's the biggest thing, right? Is it'll be remembered as probably one of the most irrelevant pay-per-views because yeah. in terms of the results, as soon as it ended, you had Christian Cage announced that he's injured, so his his feud with Jungle Boy is on the shelf. Cut, yeah. You got the the inaugural trios champions vacated. They have to you know, crown new champs and then your new world champion. I'd also vacated. You got to pull up. I just need to say real quick. (laughs) Yeah. AEW, please stop introducing new titles. Oh, yeah. I think we're so many titles. I think we're good now. Yeah. We, we are at a, a saturation point for sure. So I think I legit think they forgot about the all Atlantic title because now pack has the trios titles too. Oh yeah. We forgot you had that one. Really? That's because you haven't had it defended on the program until this pay-per-view, I think. Yeah. 
Yeah, like, I mean, what it, was even the point of having that? He had, yeah, he's he's defended it. it. I think one of the things that they they did with that, which I like, but they they do need to draw that back to you know ultimately it has to come back to what we see on AEW Dynamite, television. Yeah. Um, but he they did have him defend it in other promotions and other places, which is good. But yeah, we we do have to. <laughs> that title does still have to be on AEW television considering it's an AEW championship. Yeah. They want it to matter. They need to make it matter and it can't matter in GCW when I don't know it's there. Right. Yeah. But all that aside, this is CM Punk. So I think it's time now to rate. So we're yeah. going to oh, I'm going to I'm going to we're going to rate CM Punk's year 1 possibly only year. Yes. So possibly this this is either this rating could be one of two things: CM Punk Year One or CM Punk's AEW career. Yes. And we're gonna rank it one being the worst, ten being the best, one to ten VKMs. Okay. Um, hope, uh, smart marks out there, you could figure that out. It's the it's uh, don't voodoo. tell them, let them figure it out. It's worth it. Isn't it the Voodoo Kin Mafia? The voodoo Kin Mafia. That's worth. <laughs> a, I, that's not worth a Google. Do not. Google no. Voodoo Kin Mafia. Don't actually. Yeah. Don't actually look that but up. How many VKMs would you give CM Punk's year one? Well, or okay. possible AEW career. Right. I would say. Um, it, you know, just in, in kind of recapping his WWE career, it always felt like it was about a, you know, six or seven out of 10 in terms of how they used him. Right. That felt like they always could have gotten more out of him. Um, I would say his run in AEW so far is just a little bit higher than that. I would say I give his first year, I mean, partly, partly it's the injuries, right? He missed a good amount of time immediately after winning the world title. That's a huge bummer. Not really his fault. Not really the company's fault. Um, and obviously, he's going to miss more time now because of another injury. Again, not his fault. Not the company's fault. Yeah, if we but, do another one of these, it's going to be CM Punk year three, not year two. <laughs> right. Exactly. It's we're we're going to have to skip year two because how do you rank you know cm three months peanut butter and jelly sandwiches <laughs> and going to mindy's bakery in chicago exactly right again nothing wrong with that nothing wrong I'm with that but not it's not going to make for much of a podcast though. no um so i'm gonna i'm gonna say i'll give his his year one in aew i'll give it a seven and a half like i said okay. i think his time in wwe was like a six or a seven in terms of how well they utilized him. It was good, but you know, it's kind of like his comment in the, um, the pipe bomb promo, how Vince McMahon is a millionaire who should be a billionaire. Like it it's good, but it should be better. Yeah. Um, that's how I felt about his time in WWE. AEW gets just that little bit better. Like, I feel like they used him a, a, a good bit they got better the character more. They yes. understood who that character is they kind of let cm punk be who he wanted to be instead mm -hmm. of trying to force him to to fit a mold of something he could never be yeah exactly and I, so when it was good it was good when it was bad it wasn't 
terrible. Like, I mean, there's there's nothing from his first year. And there year. were legitimate diamonds of greatness that shone through. Yeah, and and again, that MJF feud alone bumps that rating up by at least a star. You know, that what was, I mean, like that was worth the price of admission. Yeah, for all the headaches. CM Punk and MJF. So, uh, I'm actually gonna. I'm right there with you. Seven point five for a minute. I was thinking eight, but it's mm-hmm. not the, the Adam Page of it all, the John Moxley of it all. Those mm-hmm. like his latter, the latter half did not stack yeah. up to. So we could. I'm just gonna. I'm not even really gonna talk about Darby Allen. That's an outlier. So. Yeah. Eddie Kingston and MJF mm-hmm. is far greater than Adam Page and John Moxley. Yeah. And it's for the quality that he put in with those two feuds that gets him to a seven uh, mm-hmm. easily for me. Yeah. Uh, that last point five, he was able to drag Adam Page kicking and screaming to something that was almost good. It wasn't mm-hmm. good. It was almost good. And it was almost good because of CM Punk. So yeah. because of the effort and the skill there, 7.5. Yeah. But- I I think, and I think the one, one thing for me, it would be an eight for me if um, he had just gotten injured at all out and there wasn't that backstage drama and that fight and all of that stuff, all the uncertainty of will he come back? If it yeah. was just an injury, I'd say his first year goes down as an eight. Um, but just knowing that there's the a un- yeah. there's a strong contingent backstage at AEW that would like him not to come back. And, and I again, don't know how is- vocal that contingent would be if he had just gotten injured. And we got to remember that's all dirt sheets. Um, oh, yeah. Of and, course. you know, there's every chance in the world that none of that is true. That is just the dirt right. sheets talking out their ass like they often do yeah um and i uh i try to keep up on what i feel is legitimate wrestling news because i'm a wrestling fan and i'm interested but i try to stay away from rumor and innuendo oh yeah because it's you don't know no these 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 wrestling i uh, like again wrestling journalists in, in air quotes the dave Meltzers and the 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 wade kellers and all the eh we i don't eh yeah whatever there's there's definitely yeah there's definitely a few that i would would trust but so much of what they're reporting is i feel like yeah i feel like it's it's like what you get on on cable news you know it's five percent news and 95 percent conjecture and you know analysis and and uh, you know opinion yeah. and so yeah you do have to like i said i i don't put so much stock in the the idea that punk is necessarily imminently going to be fired or anything like that but i just for me i wish he'd been bigger than that in the moment and not even yeah, give the dirt sheets any of that kind of stuff to to speculate on i agree i would feel a lot better about the end of his first year in AEW if we didn't have that cloud hanging over it and it was just you know please get healthy like come back so that we can continue that yeah what was going on beforehand instead of 
oh boy, even if he's healthy, I don't, you know, I don't know what it's going to be. You know so what I mean? If, that, that uncertainty. So I agree. So we agree. CM Punk, AEW year one, 7.5. Yep. Better than anything that he did while he was in WWE, even if some of his highs, even if the highs that he got in WWE were arguably higher, he mm-hmm. was used more effectively and I think more successfully in yeah. AEW. Yep. Now, I agree. everything's up in the air about his status. He's injured. If he does come back, I think he needs to be used less. I think he should, he doesn't need titles. If you're going to give him a title, let him have the trios titles with FTR, let them hang out and have fun. Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he needs to be more of a special attraction. I want to see him get the Brock Lesnar treatment. Sure. Uh, he comes in uh once every few weeks, if that. Uh, and you know, it's perfect. He once every four months he can come, he can be at the pay-per-view, he can be at a few shows beforehand, maybe yeah. a month out from the pay-per-view to start to build up to it. But I don't right. need to see CM Punk every month. Um and yeah. I think part of that, that's not just no, I want to see him every month. Yes, but I want to see if he's going to come back. I'd like to see a level of longevity that I don't think we're going to see judging by how many injuries he's gotten. He needs to adjust his style to work with how old mm-hmm. he has become right. the wear and tear on his body. Um, and again, I'm not his doctor. I don't know who he is, but it's clear he comes back and he wrestles. He gets injured. Yeah, that's, that's what's right. happened so far. And and really, you look at, um, you know, just in in kind of talking about his first year, and and talking about how to like kind of get him to a little more part time schedule, that kind of thing. You look at his most successful feuds in year one, MJF and um, Eddie Kingston. So much of those feuds was sold on his ability to talk on yep. his ability to cut a promo. So you can bring him in and he doesn't need to, to wrestle every week in order to, to make for a, a huge match at the pay-per-view. He doesn't need to, and you can cut out some of that filler, you know, as much as it was nice to see him wrestle, um, you know, John Silver or Lee Moriarty or somebody like that. That's great. I love those kind of matchups, but you don't need to do that every single week in order to keep him hot and to, to build those overarching feuds, you don't need to have him, you know, wrestling every single week or, you know, every two weeks or whatever. Um, Because the, the ones that we remember are those feuds that felt personal, that felt like, you know, like that we had, we had waited seven years for this kind of feud. Yeah. You know what I mean? Did we wait seven years for him to face, you know, Daniel Garcia, Marshall, right? Not, not really nothing against, uh, you know, Danny Garcia or Lee Moriarty or, you know, any of the the guys that he's faced, but those don't feel like matchups that we were like, oh my gosh, you know, when he was away from wrestling, those don't feel like the matchups that we were fantasy booking in our heads. The, the big, um, you so know, when he yeah when he comes back, Brian Danielson, if he comes uh, back, know, those yes, kind of guys, Brian Danielson, Chris Jericho, yeah, I actually think like uh, 
Keith Lee CM Punk. Yes, absolutely. Could be a very could be a really good program. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Kenny Omega. Yes. If I had yep. off the top of my head, you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna really do because WWE never really went full bore with Brian Danielson and CM Punk. Right. That's one of, and I'd like to see them go full tilt, like a six month angle. They yeah. meet at two pay per views. That's mm-hmm. what I want to see. Yep. Uh, I'd like to see uh, them re Chris Jericho and CM Punk revisit yep. their feud. I think there's, I think that could be interesting. Yeah. And then a new matchup, Keith Lee. Like yep. Keith Lee eventually will hold a singles title. Let CM Punk come after the title and then put over Keith Lee. Yep. And yeah, then, I completely agree with that. Yeah. Uh, who was the last one I said? I don't even remember now. Uh, Kenny Omega. Oh yes, sorry. That's yeah. I think that's the ultimate. That is, uh, like you build if, all you, of those other feuds to, to CM Kenny Punk Omega, versus Kenny CM Omega. Punk. Omega. Yeah. And if absolutely. that's the last yeah. thing that if that's the last thing CM Punk does, I don't know how long CM Punk. I remember him saying something like he didn't plan, he didn't have a time frame, but he knew it wasn't long. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. So if that is the case, right what better retirement match could you have than the cleaner himself? Yeah. The, the best bout machine. Right. Let's that's, go out with a seven star match. Yeah. That's the one that you feel like, you know, when we talked about uh, CM Punk versus MJF, that was the, if he comes back to AEW and we don't get that, it will have been a failure. The only other one that I can really think of is Kenny CM Omega. Punk versus Kenny Omega. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, with that, um, we're going to call it here for the night. Thank you all for joining us on the Film Ironic podcast where we were discussing CM Punk in his first year in AEW. Uh, remember to follow us on our socials. TJ, tell them our socials. Where are they at? Where can they find us? They can find us on Facebook, Film Ironic on Facebook, uh, at Film Ironic on Twitter. Uh, of course, filmironic.com. Cheap plug for chair shots with Killen Faulkner every week, Thursdays. Uh, I give my my thoughts on AEW Dynamite and just the world of wrestling in general. Um, would love to to get some some views on that so if y'all want to yeah. come join us and then of course stick around filmironic.com we have lots of other things tv yeah. movies video games all sorts of stuff you whatever. can check out my ongoing series of reviews on house of dragon right now yes so yes. you can you can you can check that out and also remember also on twitter uh you can follow our personal twitter where we talk about just random things that come into our mind uh at tj and awesome that's right uh, on twitter uh and you know make sure you hit the subscribe button wherever you get your podcast from be it spotify stitcher uh itunes soundcloud wherever you're at listening make yeah, sure wherever you that hit happens. the subscribe button so that you never miss any of the content from the film ironic podcast yeah so subscribe uh we really appreciate y'all listening to us appreciate all the views we're getting on film ironic and uh we hope you guys will continue to join us keep listening 
and keep reading all that good stuff over on filmironic.com. Thank you all for joining us. Have a good night, folks. Have a great night. We'll see you next time.